Hello and welcome to the Winging It podcast, episode 13, Travelling with Lewis Huxtable. Lewis is my good friend who I met in 2011, and we have both travelled in South America. Uh, we met in Norwich, and he's also lived in China, and I'd like to get his um, experiences on record. Lewis, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Not bad, buddy. You? Yeah, not bad. That was a good second take, wasn't it? Yeah, it wasn't bad, was it? I wasn't sure if you're going to keep the magic hidden away behind the scenes there. For anyone listening that wants to know, James absolutely fucked up that intro. Absolutely fucked it up on the first time. For the first time ever, I quit and started again. But hey, maybe if people can pay for my subscriptions to my podcast, they can get that little outro somewhere else. That's what you get the Patreons on. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, how you doing, dude? where Where are you now? What are you up to? I'm just back home in the UK right now, mate. Um, yeah, so nothing like I understand. Obviously, that type of thing you want to you want to say like, oh, I'm up, up up a mountain in the Andes and stuff like that. But right now we're sort of at home base, or you know, back 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 at base camp, the original base camp. You know, the home stuff. So that's that's where we are right now. Um, that's Norwich, isn't with, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With um, with long plans, obviously, to get back into what 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 this podcast is about. Um, most recent bit of travel I think that that's worth mentioning is done is probably UK based was when a, the other week I went up to the Lake District which was amazing yeah, some, of, some of your photos are incredible yeah it was one of the UK's absolutely most hidden gems mate I can't believe it's a thing and I was driving back and I was like why am I driving back why am I doing this yeah. this is a terrible idea like <laughs> I've just found just pure peace and tranquility up there and now I'm driving back this is a terrible idea but yeah no that was a, it, it's, it's a beautiful place it's one of those things where like you know if you want to start out easy if you if, if you didn't want to just jump in and go to Australia or go to you know Fiji for like you know in two weeks etc if you wanted to just be like right I want to start this easy I want to be independent I want to see what happens get a tent get in your car and just drive up north somewhere get in there and just completely see what different it's like or if you're from the north come down south come down to the coast or something like that just because the difference is in it's just it's just it's it's weird mate because even somewhere up like that i was saying to some of my colleagues at work fashion is different you're in the same country but fashion <laughs> yeah. is different i'm sitting there going i went for a beer after one of my hikes and there's a person in like fiery slip-ons with ripped jeans and like an old sort of um sort of 2000 no effects top no, God, like, no yeah. effects come on mate no effects you're way <laughs> yeah. too young to know yeah, who they are <laughs> That's oh, like 2001, like isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So but I was yeah. like, fashion's 20, 20 years behind it. Like, I, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I'd like to think I'd try and keep up a little bit and don't look like a moron. But I sat there in that pub and I thought, I'm the odd one out here, man. Like, <laughs> I'm the odd one out here. Like, sitting there wearing Under Armour top. I'd spent money on thinking, yeah, I'm going to look cool and be one of those hiking people. I look like a moron. I look like an absolute <laughs> moron, mate. Yeah, there's some friends that uh, I've got. I'll... Oh give a shout out to Jack and Anna. So Jack is from UK, he's in Kent, but Anna's from New Zealand and she's just got a uh, work visa to come over to UK and they're kind of deciding where to go, where to live. And I said the same as you, just go up north. Like I would go probably like up there, Lake District or even Scotland maybe, just go and check something completely different out. You know, like I think there's a bit of value up there. I don't think, I've not seen the Peak District, I've not been up north hardly at all really. So it's good to hear that um, you give that sort of like advice maybe to get out there, up there and see the the sights. as ridiculous as it sounds as well, it's a lot more pleasurable accent. Because uh, at one point I was in the shops, there was a guy with his kid, and they were talking about um, Top Gear. And the kid was like, 
I thought it was for celebrities. <laughs> he must have been watching some old episodes because this guy went, yeah, you remember Matt LeBlanc, don't you? <laughs> Matt LeBlanc. Bloody it was absolutely brilliant. <laughs> absolutely brilliant. But yeah, I, I, I would recommend that massive. If you're going to come over here from, from overseas, like, if you want to party, sure, stick to a big city like Birmingham mm. or London. Or but if you want fresh air, something beautiful, you want to wake up every day and look at somewhere glorious, go as north as you can, definitely. Yeah. Totally agree. I think um, it's massive on my list. I think when we come back next year to do a bit of a travelling around the UK, I think Southwest, Northwest, and then Scotland, that's our agree area of um, sort of like, yeah, we're going to go up there and see what, check it out and see what's about yeah. because I've never done it. I think once you um, once you get over the tw- age of 25, they're the only parts of England that are appealing. Yes, I think so. Yeah. I think also with COVID, I think there's a more of a shift in people's thinking about living in a bit more open space now. Maybe cities are... Not not Huge. dying out, but uh, I think people may be getting a bit out towards the suburbs or a bit outside of the city. Well, the problem you've got is is, is um, and it's quite it's quite a local issue as well, actually. Is because uh, you're right, that is going on. But what it's doing is because now everyone's decided, oh, I don't need to be in an office to do my job nine to five. Mm-hmm. Well, then I don't need to live on a fifth floor apartment in London. Well, this apartment cost me like five hundred grand. That's cool. Five hundred grand will get you a mansion in the countryside. So yeah. I'll just go buy my mansion. So. Yeah, no, you're 100% right, mate. 100% right. That is what's going on massively. Cities aren't dying, but people definitely aren't interested in them. Yeah, I think it's just a shift. And I think we'll start to see that next five years as a sort of come down from this whole episode, really, from COVID. So yeah, be keen to see where that goes. But um, let's go back to, well, not the start, but like how we met. So we met um, in Norwich at a job for Admin Ree. I can mm. see you smiling here as you sip your beer um, in a call centre. Um, yeah which was an interesting job, wasn't it? I think it's in the top three worst of all time. I, I, honestly, mate, that place is, is, is a... I don't know how to describe it, because there were so many good things that happened there, and such laughs and such good people. Yeah. But the actual nine-to-five of the job was fucking brain-killing. Mate. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. every time I turned up and I logged in, I thought, there goes a brain cell. There goes a brain cell <laughs> every time. But to be fair to James, what, what I think should be should be put in the open now. And he's probably a bit too modest to admit this is when me and James both met, James was on a, James was coming back from a, a, a uni thing. And it's something he was doing there as a summer job, but I was there full time. And James was a bit more mature than me in the, in, in, in the sense that he made, I think James is only a year older than me, but I think you were definitely a few personality wise, mate, or maturity wise. You're probably a good five or six years ahead because you were seeing, you were seeing the bigger picture to be fair, dude. Like you were seeing what was going on. Like you'd already had it planned out. You know what you're going to use that degree for like, and you'd, you'd already had things set out. Well, I was there just happy to get into the weekend. Yeah. And that's, that's cool. But when you're just happy getting into the weekend, ah, oh, month by month and stuff. Not sustainable. Like, it's, ah, oh, it's, 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 it's a quick route to depression. I'll tell you that. Yeah. You ever want to, you ever want to see what depression is like? Go do six months in Aviva. Like, that's what, <laughs> that's what it looks like, man. Jesus. But, um, I think I do have yeah, a few, a few Aviva fair. listeners as well. So I just want to say, yeah, it's not all bad there. I think like, maybe some no, jobs no, are okay. No, look, it's not all bad there. You, you, you do what you got to do. I don't want to sound like a prick. I'm not trying to sound like, <laughs> like it's bad or anything's better. Just for me personally, Working in a call centre was not what made me happy. Yeah. I, I guess that's what I should say. The call centre um, job was tough, man. It was tough. It's tough. It's, it's, it's a hard job. They want 100% out of you every day. And there is no... Because they've got the ability to... Because it's not because they've got the ability to run it with a revolving door. If you're fucking up, you know, one week out of the four, <clears throat> you're gone skis. Yeah. You're out of there. So everybody that does that, they've got to be... 
God, it's a hard graft, man. It's a hard graft. It really is. And not in the sense that, you know, like a, a bricky has a hard graft where he's physically exhausted, but just mm. the pressure that is, is, is applied to people there is it's an incredible amount of pressure. Um, you, kind of, you kind of expect us to know all this knowledge about this product that you don't really know. Because I came in as a temp, I think after two days straight on the calls, I'm like, I'm trying to advise people's pensions here. I'm like, I have a clue what you're, what you're invested in or how well it's doing. I can, I can read some stuff yeah. on the screen. But um, <laughs> exactly. 60 calls a day of that really takes its toll. And I think you're, you're two yeah. days in, you're sitting next to me. All we really want to do is talk about music and stuff like that. <laughs> but no, you're sitting there, you've got to take 50 phone calls. You've got to tell me, you boy here about his pension that you don't know about. I've only been there a few months. I don't know about it. All we're doing is reading stuff off the screen and trying to tell this guy that we haven't lost all his money. That's what <laughs> yeah. we're trying to do. Right? Yeah, it's insane. But like I was saying, obviously, you were a lot further ahead than I was in that sort of in that sort of long game plan and um I, I think that that had quite an influence on me of, of, of realizing that you know you need to think about the big picture and that like it's not it just there has to be something else you know what yeah. I mean like because I'm sure as much as you enjoyed your degree and it's a really cool degree to have and stuff like that you must have sort of felt the same sort of time I don't want to be a music teacher right yeah, there has 100%. to be something else like yeah. so Obviously, talking to you and find out, you know, you're you're telling me, you know, look, I'm just getting this degree so I can I can go go travel and get out of here. And you're dropping all these things in my mind, and I'm sitting there going like, ah, oh, I live in a small town. I've got oh, no offense to the person, but I've got a really boring girlfriend. Like <laughs> I do the I do the same thing. Like I take the bus to work. I ask these horrible calls that I can't deal with. I don't really want to do because it's not what inspired me. Because you know. As far as I was concerned, I was going to be—I was going to grow up playing rugby. So that was a real shock when that obviously didn't happen. I realised I wasn't going to do that. Yeah, falling into you know working at a call centre and stuff like that. But you're sitting there saying like, "Nah, bro, this isn't this isn't the be all or end all. Like, there, there's more out to this world." And I'm sitting there going like, "There must be, there must <laughs> yeah. be something else out I there." Think, like, I think you met me at an interesting time because at that time, 2011, I've decided I've, I've like, yeah, like you said, I had. The summer job in 2011, 2012 was my last year uni, get that done. The rest of 2012 was working and then going 2013, jam. I was like, yeah. So I'm using that job just for money. And I'm like, yeah, this is my start date. I'm definitely leaving by, I think, September because I have to go back. That's it. Like, I had that set plan. But whereas you if that's a job, set. yeah, like maybe two or three years ago, I've probably been like a bit lost, probably a bit like, oh, is this it? Like, I don't know. But yeah, at that time, I think you just met me at the... I just, for once in my life, you had, had a decision. Determination, man. Yeah. You had such determination. There was nothing else in your mind. You were like, that's it. I'm leaving. And that's all. Like, there was no, I think you even said at one point, like, I don't want to be a guy here. Like, I don't want to be a person here at this place. Everyone's great, but I don't want to be a person because you had no attachment to any of yeah. those jobs or any of anything local whatsoever. Because as far as you were concerned, you know, the grass was greener as far as yeah. you're concerned. And I think as, as, as we go on to discuss the grass in this sense, whenever it involves traffic, always is greener. Yeah, it's always is greener. Um, I think um, but one thing about that job is the people. So all the summer jobs, I think the people were great. I mean, I met you, uh, Joel, Pat, <clears throat> Darren, the manager was a pretty cool guy. Yeah. Like, it's a weird. It's like I hated the job. Like, I, it gave me anxiety big time. But those people, were like, I actually made it bearable during the day. So there's anxiety before and after. But during, even I was doing the job, I was like, oh, when, when Pat told me, yeah, I was doing, I'm doing 100 calls a day, mate. I'm like, 100 calls a day. <laughs> I'm barely touching 50. I just couldn't believe what he's doing. So, yeah, we used to go for drinks after work, and that's a pretty cool environment, I think. 
I think I think that's one thing about that job that is so commendable is the experience because obviously it's not there anymore. There's a school now. Colgate. Oh, I didn't yeah. know. Oh wow, it's a sixth form now. It's a sixth form. Um, yeah, Colgate's gone. I think a lot and things happen and people move on, whatever. But like to that specific group of like the pension callers and stuff like that, it was such a commendable group of people because everyone knew the job was bad, but everyone knew if you just had a laugh, put a smile on your face, you'd get through it. Yeah, for short term, that's good. Long term, yeah. unsustainable. A hundred percent for short term. I mean, if that was a long term, by three years in, I'd be hanging off the ceiling. So <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah, that's definitely short term. Yeah, yeah, that or, or I'd be a huge alcoholic. Either one or the other. <laughs> the other main side. There was so how, no conceal. How long did you spend in that job before you made like plans to go and before see I the, the grass? So yeah. when I when I met you, and obviously when anything was going on with you. I took a vested interest in what your plans were. And obviously we still communicated yeah. stuff when you went back to London. Yeah. When you were actually doing it. I think it's when you came back again and did that job just for a year at a temping place or something like that. Have a year again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So a year again. Yeah. That's yeah. the 2012. <laughs> and I think that was when I saw, I, I, I just sort of looked out and thought, there's just nothing going on. And like, yeah. not, not as a, not as an insult to, to, to Norwich, et cetera, to, to you know, to, to Holston where I grew up, to the UK or anything like that. It was more of like an internal vision of what I was going to be able to achieve and stuff like that. And there was just nothing, man, nothing. Like I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't see anything happening. And whether it's, I don't know, like a slight, uh, you know, a small percentile of ADHD or something like that, but I just didn't, I never have been in, until probably this point now and, and still before, I was never comfortable just being comfortable, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. always. Dangerous position. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't fill me with any thrill. I don't find it interesting. I just get grumpier and grumpier because being comfortable is boring. So I would say I was in that job about a year, maybe 13, 14 months before I was like, right, I'm gonna go somewhere. And at the mean at the time I'd moved around and I'd I'd ended up in this fantastic work group and stuff called the Pride. And I don't know how we got the name and stuff like that, but it was it was brilliant. And um yeah. I met this guy called Joel and uh, Joel's just an absolute legend, but yeah, he was really young and naive. And um, I kind of sort of took the effect, like you took on him, on I, I took on him because I was like, man, because he, he he was so hyped about you know renting a flat with his mates and stuff like that. And I was like, dude, that's awesome, but this shit ain't going anywhere. Like <laughs> we got we, we got we, we got to do something because because I'm great, you're happy, but I'm going to jump out a window. So we got to do something. And, I, and the initial plan, and again, this is a bit of naivety, but the initial plan was New York. So it was just to go to New York for six months to a year and just live, just just, oh, do, nice. the, just do the Hollywood thing and live. Yeah. But then obviously we found out it was a lot harder to do that. You can't just go to America and live. Like it's actually a really hard place to do that. It is. People don't realise it's bloody hard to go there normally. It really yeah. is like to actually go there and be there for six months now yeah. you, you're talking a real real ask so that went out the window and I was sitting at home one night with my, with my family and um I think it was an advert or, or something on tv came on and it was like teaching in English in China and I was like oh that's incredible I bet that's so cool and I actually said it to my mum mum said oh you could go do that if you want Mm. I was like, "What do you mean? Like, like, I don't have a PGCSE. I'm not. I, I'm not a qualified teacher." She was like, "No, no, 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 no. You can go do that." So that was then what we're going. I came into the next day and I said to Joe, "Like, look, look into this. Let's see what's going." 
why don't we just jump in the deep end? Like, why don't we just completely go to the other side of the world, a culture we don't know, a language we don't speak, and just see what the fuck happens? Like, yeah. won't that be spicy? Like, won't that be interesting? Like, yeah, it's cool waking up every like, like and doing the norm. That is cool to a certain extent and achieving things and like that. But nothing's going to compare to the thrill that that gives you. Yeah. Like, nothing. And that, so that is really where it sort of started. I'd say 13 months into that job, and three years into sort of realizing that I wasn't going to play be a professional athlete and just trying to adjust to the normal life that, that people have to go through I would say that was that was the point there where I said no there's got to be something else and that that yeah that was it man so 13 months into that job yeah finding someone to actually go with which I don't think is a bad thing like there's a lot of people will tell you to go do those things on his own and just be brave and go do that but there's nothing wrong with having a companion in these things. Not at that age. I think um, I would arguably say, I was pretty much the same age. Um, I think doing something like that, I was traveling with a friend, planned to go with a friend. That was kind of a bit of a coincidence, but it's worked out. That's cool. Yeah, I got a mate from uni coming with me. I think after you've done that once, you could probably then go on your own because you're probably comfortable with doing it all. But um, I remember like 2012, must have been towards the end of 2012, I saw you and we sort of agreed, right, okay. I kind of knew that you're kind of going into interviews and getting this. Is it sell, uh, I out or whatever, the one the yeah, publication? Yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I was like, right, okay, he's putting a plan in place, and we agreed to meet in 2014 in South America. We'd sort of put that in pencil or, or ugly pen. At Do that you point. remember how that went, though, mate? Do you remember how that meeting went? I remember it's Costa. Costa, mate. <laughs> <laughs> we met in Costa of all places, which is weird. Because we'd never really been for a coffee. We'd been for a few beers at the Playhouse. Yeah, coffee like was new, new territory, mate. Coffee ones. Yeah, new territory. it was. We weren't really coffee guys. And um, <laughs> I remember I was sitting in there and we were talking about meeting and stuff. But it sort of escalated, didn't it? Because that was in that same coffee place that we we were like, should we just do Magic Petri? Should we see what's going on? Should we just do yeah. it? We were like, fuck yeah, lads. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Walked yeah. on down to Star, picked up the... Uh, the classic book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. picked up the plastic book because um, we had no idea you could just book these things yourselves these days. And it was all sorted, mate. I think yeah, literally yeah. within a half-hour conversation, we decided to go to World Cup together and do Machu Picchu. Done. No pissing about. Done. Seen 2014. Because no I, I was off like a week later or, or two weeks later. I think yeah. it was. Um, and, mate, I'll tell you now, that was all throughout my travels up to that point. It was like, yeah, I'm doing Machu Picchu. I had to book, I had to pay some deposits like near the time I think in the January yeah. before we did it and I was Australia at the time I was like no we're doing this we got the tickets for the World Cup because you came with my friends um yeah it's all sorted itself out we sort of definitely booked those two things in, and then the rest of the trip which we'll come to later kind of fed around it but yeah mate that was it's one good, of those things where um, as a I'm sure you've experienced probably one of the smoothest sort of traveling plans coming together I've ever had yeah like, everything yeah. went perfectly no issues with that at all yeah yeah yeah. let's do this yes let's do it booked that's done it was dead easy dead easy dead easy i appreciate sometimes people is not that easy but just happened to be on that occasion where oh it's really both not agreed um yeah booked it and done it yeah that's a as i yeah. said great coffee that i wasn't a coffee person back in those days but um yeah i look, I look back fondly on that because i remember being in costa like i think we took a photo like you with a book like yeah we're gonna oh, do this didn't. Yeah, yeah, we took a cheat. Yeah, we asked someone to take a photo of us. How terrible yeah, is in that? Costa and Norwich. Oh, <laughs> where are you going? Imagine Pichu. No, I don't know where that is. Oh, 
Yeah, no idea, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, who are you? Are you celebs? You play for the football team, no, lads. We just, we just <laughs> work down the road. But you take this photo of us. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, so I I left. So I was off on my travels. So in the meantime, until I met you, you obviously put the plans in place to go to China, right? So what was the process yeah. like? Was it pretty easy to get qualified, get the flights, uh, so- get a job? Nothing about nothing about China is easy. And for anyone that wants to do it and stuff like that, don't let that put you off. It's just <sighs> problems are deeply embedded in their culture in the sense that if, if everything's going smoothly, they worry. So okay. it's, it's a hard thing to explain. I'll get into that further. But so what's interesting about China is if you're sitting there listening to this and think, oh, I'd love to go overseas, but I need a degree. Places like China, Costa Rica, uh, even Japan to an extent, like stuff like that, you don't need it. Mm-hmm. They, what's an interesting insight is, most people say you don't need it. You do need it. What happens is, is the school, <laughs> the school will bribe someone for you, and then they'll ignore it. That's what happens. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay. It's an insane thing to realise when when they take away the curtain and then you see that's what's going on. That's absolute insanity. But for some of them, you don't need it, which works out for some people, works out for others. It doesn't matter. Some people go there to get a degree. So it doesn't matter. But the entire, what's, what's important is, is let someone do it for you. It might cost money and stuff like that. But to go through the rigmarole of finding yourself a job and doing the interview process and getting connections and getting a QQ account and stuff like that, if you don't speak Mandarin, is a nightmare. Mm-hmm. So just let someone do it for you. There's loads of agencies out there. I think I went with one called something like teach uh, it wasn't one of the big ones so it wasn't like english first or something like that mm-hmm. it was something like teaching in china.com or something like that or teach english in china.com something along those lines it was a long time ago so i can't remember the website yeah. but the guy was great the guy was great and what they'll do they'll take like your seat that you show them a cv and they'll take your cv and they'll say right here's all of china here's where you don't want to be because there's either a civil war going on it's really cold or, or or like you know they're not used to foreigners yeah or here's where you do want to be so they'll take you and you can make that choice you don't have to go where you know it's more comfortable for you to be as a foreigner and if i was going to do it again i would stay away from all foreigners i'd go to the most chinese china part of china i could find you personally yeah okay just because it allows you to more culture as well like certain things are more bendable to you because you're you, you know you're a rarity and things like that but they'll point you to these cities sometimes just take what you can get sometimes you can choose a city mm-hmm. all depends how well your interview process goes now the interview process is um twofold you'll do a telephone interview with the guy or the, the, the guy or the lady that's going to interview you to actually do the process for you yeah which it's sort of them seeing if you have the ability to speak English properly and communicate properly, which sounds ridiculous, but a lot of people have accents. A lot of people use slang. Yeah. You can't, no one's going to pay you to teach you teach, teach slang and stuff like that. So then after that, um, it's actually a demo lesson. So you have to do a dummy lesson. So you have to pretend it's the most embarrassing, awkward thing you'll ever do on a Skype session to a grown adult pretending they're a child and you're teaching them numbers one two three and it's <laughs> ridiculous and you're like here's a red truck there's a red truck blah 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 but all you have to all you have to sort of um uh what's the word not represent all you have to show, do is show that uh 
you can you you can communicate clearly and that you understand teaching structures and things like that. So yeah. I mean there was a time I really got into it. There's I was looking over the other day some of my old emails and stuff like that. I've got these huge, you know, 20 page lesson plans and stuff like that. So it's worthwhile getting into. Um was it easy? No. Was it worth it? Definitely, yeah. Yeah. And you ended up in uh Wuhan, right? That's the city you ended chose. Up in to... Wuhan. Wuhan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it wasn't well, so it was a city we chose, but I think the other city was Fuzhou. Um, so yeah, I ended up in Wuhan, um, which is a is a is a beautiful city in so many ways, so many ways. It's a bit of a hub a for nice... international travellers, isn't it? It's a bit of a hub. If it, if I my limited knowledge of China, I do know that Wuhan. I do know a lot of people do go there to live and work. That's the only thing I know about it. Um, unfortunately, well, I think recently, I think COVID start there, but not, yeah, great, yeah. not great for reputation. But where the back that, came from? Yeah, before that. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily know if that's the case. I, the thing with Wuhan is it's huge. So, you know, mm. you're looking at um, seven, I think it's, so the inner city, if you ignore the actual outskirts, you're looking at 9 million people. Yeah. And I think once you get out of that, you're looking at then it's sort of like 17 million people, which is, ma- which is, is massive. It's yeah. huge. So, and obviously 17 million people need educated, which means there's schools everywhere and stuff yeah. like that. So they end up with, you know, a, a definitely a, a, a large, um, a large expat community. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of people, a lot, uh, 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 I'd say 10 to 15% of that community, you know, are people that have retired there and, and oh, wow. decided okay. to, uh, decided to grow old there and have Chinese wives and stuff like that. So yeah, um, so a lot of people go there and Wuhan's, Wuhan's an amazing place. Um, talking about like if you want to talk about travels and things to go Wuhan you know it's called the city of a thousand lakes okay not because there's literally a thousand lakes but you're looking at a lot you know yeah these huge gorgeous lakes you know the one everybody goes to is called East Lake and it's massive absolutely huge it's a four-hour bike ride around which is an insane like amount of time considering what you can do on a bike but it's just beautiful. Um, and the city itself is really interesting. So the city itself is split into three sort of demographics and districts. So, and I'm going to forget what they're called. Oh, I forget what they're called. But anyway, you've got one district, which is the business district, because this is what's yeah. really quite, they, there's almost similarities, but there's not. Obviously, you've got somewhere like London, you've got Canary Wharf, et cetera. And, yeah. you know, you've got where the, the, the big guys in suits are. But it's a bit different in China. In China, you've got it's literally literally cut off points so they're all cut off by bridges so to actually enter into the other part and i forget what it's called but the business area you have to go across the bridge mm-hmm. and you go across this bridge and all of a sudden things change you know all of a sudden beers start getting more expensive all of a sudden food starts getting nicer all of a sudden you know the buildings are getting taller and taller and taller which is really cool because that's where you keep you know a lot of your uh a lot of like uh like the the malls and stuff like that and mm-hmm. like the, i remember i was in china and this is about year three i reckon i went um i was in that district and i found a blues bar and i was like what's oh, this nice. a blues bar and it was dim lit it had leather deep back chairs yeah and the coolest thing was you could go in there and because the bartenders were Hong Kong, they could speak English. Yeah. But not only that, they would put you through a questionnaire. They'd ask you like five questions. And they'd make you your own personal drink. And if you wanted to, you could go in there every time and ask for that drink and they'd make it for you. Oh. <laughs> it was absolutely sick. Absolutely sick. It was brilliant. Living so the that's life. the sort of, sort of thing you're looking at there. You know, you're looking at dudes in you know proper you know you're looking at malls where they've got gucci stores you know everybody's driving a tesla because they've got three of them and stuff like that 
Um, but then you've got sort of the education district where all the universities are, because I think there's something like 15 to 20 universities in Wuhan. It's a large oh, yeah. amount. Of yeah. Um, and that's sort of a bit different. So you go there and that's where all like the street food is and everybody's, yeah. you know, that's where, you know, all of a sudden your street noodles are like 50p instead of a pound. And that's where there's a lot more of a foreign demographic because there's a lot of foreign students there because a lot, mm-hmm. what China does, which a lot of people don't know, is they create with struggling smaller countries, which are open to conversation with it, uh, these sort of education, not benefits, I can't think of the word, but they essentially they'll sponsor people. So you can go to your government and say, I want to study in China. And if you're from one of these countries, and they'll say, okay. Um, and then China will help get you a spot, guarantee you a spot and pay oh, for wow. it, which is really yeah. cool. So you get like a free education, um, which is really sick. And so you go over there and there's a lot of foreigners there. Um, but what there also is, is a lot of interest in foreigners because you've got a lot of people there who are very left-minded, very open, very, very willing to communicate with foreigners very much want to. So you'll be walking down the street and someone will don't want to take a photo with you. Oh, yeah, it's like, a classic, like, yeah. Someone will want to literally be like, oh, can I have a photo with you? Yeah. Or they want to talk to you about football or they want to you know, ask you how your day is going. It's really weird. It's a really yeah. hard thing to get used to because sometimes you just want to walk down your street, get from A to B and not and mind your own business. Then you've got little Tian Tian there who wants to ask you what the weather's like. And it's like, it's sunny, Tian Tian. We can both see it's sunny. <laughs> Get over it. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm not here for you. But it's, it's it, um, obviously as well, you know, like, like that has its benefits when you're on a night out as well. Because, how to explain? So you go to China and you're a rarity. And it's something people don't understand. But there's lots of parts of China where people have never seen a foreigner before. Mm-hmm. They don't know what white people look like. They don't know what black people look yeah, like. Understand it's completely, that. Yeah. completely baffling. So you go over there, you're having a beer, and everyone's like, oh, you know, how to explain? Kind of, it's hard to explain without sounding like a pervert. But <laughs> essentially, <laughs> you go to a bar, you have a few beers, and all, you know, you could do this in England and just mind your business and nothing goes wrong. Yeah. And it's absolutely fine but you're not taking anyone home. You go over there, you have a few beers, and next thing you know, you're just being showered in affection just for being a foreigner. And it's an insane feeling. It's, an, it's, it's a feeling like nothing else because it's not a confidence thing. Like I'm a confident person, but to sit there and just have someone want to be affectionate with you, someone to want to give me attention, someone wants to be like, hey, you're hot. When I'm sitting there, like four beers in, my eyes aren't matching up. Like, I have it on my hair. I'm wearing yesterday's clothes. Like I'm sitting there going, like, yeah, do you know what? I could get behind this. I could get behind <laughs> this. Like, like, oh, do you know what? You are right. I am. I am. Like, <laughs> so that obviously that has its um that has its benefits. And then you've got the third part. Now I can't. The third part necessarily is more like the old school part of Wuhan. So -hmm. you'll go there, and there's more like traditional housing. Uh, There's obviously lakes and stuff there, but everything's a bit more thrown back there because they're still doing industrial work on it and stuff like that. It's still trying to catch up with the rest of the city. Yeah, and that's quite an interesting part of the part of the town as well because what you sort of see there is when almost this. This, this this effect of trying to keep up with the world came. So you'll see French bakeries run by Chinese people who are just mm-hmm. making like really bad baguettes and, and things like that. But they did that because all of a sudden, you know, when, when China opened up in the 60s, they had this influence of different cultures. So you go to this part of the town and all of a sudden there's these different things where, you know, you've got 
like a baked French bakery that looks like it's from the 80s. You know, you've got a bar there where they're playing like loads, nothing against this, but they're playing like loads of David Bowie and stuff like that. And it's like, they're just still trying to get, get back get, up with, you know. Catch up with the, uh, the year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And do you, did you, <clears throat> to experience these places, did you, I think you did learn Mandarin, right? You must have learned some oh, Mandarin yeah, in your time. Yeah, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, as this is a traveling podcast, if you're gonna go to another country and actually spend time living there, which everyone should do, don't just go on holiday, actually go experience a culture, learn learn the language because it just opens up so many things. So I would say at my peak, I could speak basic to intermediate Mandarin. You know, I wasn't fluent, I was never fluent because it's mm. just an incredibly bad language to be fluent in, but I could yeah. go day to day, have conversations with people, get what I need to get done and never need to speak English to the point where when I came back to England, I felt really self-conscious about speaking English. So huh, like, I would wow. get massive anxiety about going to like a shop. Like if I need to go to a shop and pay for something at a kiosk, I'd be so nervous because it just speaking English wasn't normal for me. Wow, like, that's, it was that's crazy, really mate. Weird. That's like your whole mind really is switched. Weird. Like your, your previous 20 years of speaking English, whatever it was at the time, it's kind of almost gone out the window because you're like- Out completely out Switched your mind to tonal Mandarin. Yeah, 100%. Like completely out the window and I guess living five years somewhere will do that to you but I had a French friend who taught English and spoke English to everyone because there wasn't a big French community there and he would dream in English because oh wow okay yeah just used to it so for me going back to to England stuff yeah the, the, the level of anxiety it would give you is just just the same because I learned Mandarin and I, took, I, I put about a year into it so I would say my first year there I'd come home every night I'd spend at least an hour to two hours, two hours extreme, hour and hour and a half studying. Yeah. And at one point I did get a tutor and I wish I got a tutor for longer because that was some great few weeks. But, um, and it's so, so beneficial because, you know, we, we experience it a lot here where like if someone doesn't speak English, people almost get frustrated with it. Mm. And they get a bit angry and they get a bit almost xenophobic with it. But so if you're going to do it overseas just it's, if anything it's just polite do you know what i mean yeah, yeah like, of course 100 yeah, it's, it's, it's just basic manners that if you're going to communicate with someone at least give meet them halfway and just you know, know how to say yes know how to say thank you know how to say how hello and stuff like that basic greetings all things like that so yeah i, I learned learned mandarin to be able to do those things and it's something i think you really have to do especially if you're going to go to china if you're going to go to somewhere like asia where or a country where you know they haven't been open for so long learn the language because you'll just learn so much more your community will grow your friends group will grow like and and your ability to achieve things will grow because even in the classroom like when i was teaching english i didn't always teach english but when my first two years i was teaching english there telling kids to, that couldn't speak english to sit down didn't really mean shit but mm. telling them in chinese to sit down made my life a lot easier you know, <laughs> yeah. if i could tell a kid in chinese look you do this you behave or like or if i can communicate in chinese what a fire truck is or like when i was working at the university i worked at university for a bit communicating there and trying to show what chinese slang is is to english slang and things like that and how to you know how to flirt with someone and stuff like that because that was one of the subjects they wanted to like understand flirting and stuff like that to be able to communicate that very strange to be able to communicate that in both languages is a real like a huge a huge benefit and a huge key but also as well every time i come back here or, or any, anywhere in the world i go i tell people i lived in china i say oh you speak chinese i go yeah it blows their fucking mind yeah every mate because every time especially for english people i think you're totally right with um learning language because you you integrate properly into that society and you can learn so much more exactly stuff. but when you 
English is so bad. Like English people I'm talking about here, we just take it for granted because everyone speaks English, international yeah. language. But yeah, anyone, if you're English and you say to someone, yeah, you know, even Spanish, people are like, oh, really? But Mandarin is off the scale, mate. It's like going to Mars. It's like Mandarin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that that sounds, is such a yeah. quality to have. Like it's, it's unreal, really. And yeah, I remember you speaking remember, it when we were traveling in South America. Like to, we used to meet some Chinese. Um, I think we'll come to and a bit. Do you remember why we had to, Hamo? Do you remember? Do you remember why we had to when I first got it out in Iguazu? Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to refer to later on the podcast. Oh. But yeah, you're just like chatting to this like film crew in Mandarin straight off the bat. I'm like, bloody hell, that's that's fucking impressive, mate. To be fair, that's yeah, fair play to it. Flex in it, man. It's a yeah. flex. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. a flex. like, like, just sit there. Like, I often wish, like. If, if I'm having like a, a day where I'm not feeling my, like I'm not feeling myself, a part of me wishes like, oh, I just wish there was someone Chinese here so I could impress everybody and just speak Chinese. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just, I just wish I could just absolutely dunk on them and be like, just bang out a sentence in Chinese. But like, yeah, look at me. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's definitely a flex, man. But yeah, but like you said, like integrating into society, until you speak the language, you're not going to be able to do that. Because Joel, who I went with, the crazy thing is, right, Joe, who I went with, has a Chinese wife now. And his Chinese is still terrible. Oh. Still terrible. Mate, if I had a wife that speaks a different language, I'm going to have to learn that language. Oh, without there's a doubt. No two like, without there's a no doubt. two ways about that. Well, it's like I was saying to him, like, because he's got a child with her now. And I was like, you know me is going to teach your child Chinese. And they're going to speak about you in Chinese. <laughs> yeah. He's like, You're I'm not going to know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrible idea. But, um... Yeah, and he had a lot more struggle with it because, like, even things like you know ordering food, Wuhan is the is is in the center of China. When central China, because what China is also dominated by is um, cult, um culinary differences. So central China is all about spice. They love their spicy food. So yeah. if you go and order a normal pot of noodles in China, that's going to be covered in chilies because that's how they take it as a base. Yeah. If you want extra spicy, that's just coming on fire. But the uh he couldn't communicate that he doesn't want spicy food so mm-hmm. sometimes he'd just get it and he'd be like as they say to say no spicy food in chinese is, is a sentence called bia la jiao. Okay. he'd be shouting he'd be shouting bia la jiao, bia la jiao. <laughs> and the guys would be looking at him because they didn't know what's going on they're laughing because he's not really speaking chinese he's speaking like this half broken pig chinese like, <laughs> yeah. And then his Chinese girlfriend would come and go, uh, you know, he doesn't want spice in Chinese. You know, and he doesn't want spice and stuff like that. And then it would be smooth sailing. But if he just learned it himself, yeah. he'd never have those problems. And he, then he could have a laugh with the people and then they're going to know when he's coming in and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm 100% with you, man. The integration in society through a language is, is a huge point. But obviously, you're only ever going to get there if you are... Uh, if you don't go on holiday and you choose to spend some time, some time I think that's something yeah. that's that's really key about our experiences, both of us, is we didn't just go somewhere for two weeks. We didn't go somewhere for three weeks. We, we chose yeah. to become part of a community, you know? But what eats away at me is I've only lived in English-speaking country, so mm. all my work visas, I think I'm on the third one now, I can't remember now, but I'm like to Emma next year when we go, well, it'll be a year after next, South America, we are going to live somewhere for a month, yeah. six weeks, because I just want to know the language Spanish is pretty easy, but I've got base, but I want to get better at it. I want to go and try and speak conversational Spanish to people I want to get involved. And the only way Definitely. you can do that is really go in and stay somewhere for a period of time. You can't dip yeah. in for a week and say you've seen it. It's, it's impossible. What a, what, what, what a cool feeling that is to go to somewhere like Chile 
go into a cafe, and, you know, first week you're doing it, then by week five, you go into a cafe, you're saying good morning, you're asking how your day was, and then yeah. they're knowing who you are, you know each other on a name basis and stuff like that. That's a real cool feeling, man. Yeah, real yeah. Cool feeling. I just, that's just on my, on my list, that's on my top, almost top of my bucket list is I've got to go and do that because otherwise I'll eat away at me. Now, if I was yeah. younger and I was like, a plan in my life where when I met you, I would have definitely whacked in the Japanese work visa at some point. Um, yeah. That's old, unfortunately. Um, unless they changed the rules but that is also something that would have been cool just to go in um because my experience in japan is you think i'll all speak english they don't really speak english like i remember we were at a bar in tokyo a group of six i think half half girls half guys trying to speak to us they probably she probably knows 10 words and <laughs> it's a full conversation you know it's really tough to really understand what's going on so i just kind of wish i had that like japanese behind me because it's like also that. awkward as well isn't it because obviously yeah, it when is. you're having that conversation you want to enjoy one another. It's not a rude thing. It's like, I really want to enjoy you. I want yeah. to converse with you. I want to converse with you, but I don't know what you're saying. Yeah, so yeah. You, and you revert to the app. To a point, yeah. Translate it gets to out. a point where it's like, I don't know what you're saying. Can you leave me alone? <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it slowly gets to Not in a bad point. way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just quite frustrating. So I'm going to take a, a sort of like a leaf out of your book, go and learn a language and hopefully be, try and keep it up. So I can then go back to another place and, and keep doing that. Can you still remember any Mandarin, do you think? Or do you think it's totally gone? Oh, if you put, if I landed in China now by, on a Monday, by Friday, I'd be fine. Yeah, yeah. Fine. Love yeah, that. Definitely. So you've got that base yeah, there I now. Yeah. I do, it's one of those things, like, if someone came to me now and said, oh, here's a sentence in English, can you translate it for me? Probably not. But give me a little while back when I'm used to it in the, in the normal surrounding. I would have done all right. I would have done great, but I would have done all right, yeah. Yeah, love that. Yeah, it's quite inspirational, so... Um, Great for people to hear that. Um, another question before we move on to South America. In China, did you go and do some tourist stuff, you know, see all the attractions there? Like, have you got any recommendations? Oh, that, sorry. Some stuff like, that you part saw? Of me, part of me wishes I'd done more and part of me doesn't care that much about it. Okay. But yeah, like one weird experience was we went, we went like a group of us with what was a Chinese-led experience. So uh when 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 you're teaching in english uh, in china you often have chinese teaching assistants and they're like they're like your sidekick your teammate so all of us together we're all teaching at this school and we're like right well let's go away together and so it's it's like yeah cool why not and they took us to a quarry <laughs> they took us on a 4 hour bus journey to a quarry man to a quarry and i was like this is cool but does anyone realize this is a quarry <laughs> Does anyone else see what's going on here? It's really cool, and that's a truck, and I get it. It's really deep, but do you get this is a quarry? <laughs> and one of the things, James, one of the things they've done to try and make it more appealing was they tried to turn it into a theme park, and they had two attractions. Number one was a robot SpongeBob, and this thing <laughs> was so beat up, mate. It was so beat up. He wasn't yellow. He was brown. He was he wasn't like a robot SpongeBob. He was welded together. Yeah, and you could like see the well marks and stuff like that. And the second one was they found a big hill, and they were like, "Here's some potato bags. Go slide down it." And that was it. <laughs> that was it. We travelled four hours on this awesome thing <laughs> to go to a quarry with a SpongeBob and some potato hills. Like it made Probably no sense. This, this, this just sounds like a, a book. Like, oh, oh, Lewis, uh, Great Wall of China? Nah. 
in Beijing. <laughs> no, no, mate, you need to go to a quarry and get some bags and slide down the hill. You need to go to that quarry and find SpongeBob. That's what you need to do. <laughs> but oh, we did that, right? And oh, why did we do? But anyway, and then so we did that, but we were staying overnight in a hotel. And I was like, yes, game on. We're all got teaching assistants and stuff like that. And it's like, and you know, a few beers are flowing. And it's like, oh, boys, what's the rule on these teaching assistants? You know, how, how, where's, where's the line? And some of them were like, yeah, you know, you can do it. It gets a bit, you know, you just got to be professional with it. And I was like, okay, great, great, great news. Because at this point in time, I was, I was, I was loving life. So I was like, right, teaching assistant, whatever your name is, because I can't remember her name. I'm not going to go near you because we're professional. I'm going to keep it professional. Mm-hmm. But you over there, Nicole, you ain't got anybody here and I'm a good looking guy so we go to do that and basically it gets it's like beers are flowing beers are flowing beers are flowing and she was like okay I'm gonna go I'm gonna go I'm gonna go back to the hotel now and I was like oh yeah you really you're gonna go back to the hotel she's like yeah alone oh great okay so we've gone to a quarry we've ended up sleeping alone and now what what's what's gonna save this experience of China what's gonna sell China Oh, we're going to get some lunch tomorrow. We're going to go to a really cool place where you put your food on a stick and it's going to like a hot pot. And I was like, okay, cool. I've heard of those. You yeah. go there. And I'm like, great. This looks delicious. They got, they got beef. They got bacon. They got bread. They got this. I'm like, yes, just dip it in there. Let's get it on this soup. Let's go. And then there's like, wait a minute. I'm like, okay, cool. They bring in the soup. And mate, there was more chilies than there was sauce. Honestly, <laughs> mate. Honestly, like all of, all of the white people in the group were like, no, no, don't do this to us. Well, all the Chinese people are going, mm, yes, yeah, delicious. Oh, love it. Oh, I love spicy food. <laughs> and we're all like, no, nah, if we eat this, there's no way we're making it home safely. So that is like how in, uh, one of my one of the one of the experiences. But I did do like Beijing. So Beijing's awesome. Mm-hmm. Beijing is really cool. Um, it's really expensive because people understand that it's a go-to place, and you'll get that anywhere you go. But Beijing's yeah. really cool. Um, there's a beautiful spot in Beijing where it's by the river and they have like reggae bars mm-hmm. and certain like communities in China really like their reggae. Yeah. So we went to a reggae bar. That was awesome. We went to the famous, like, every, so there's, there's a Hubuxian, which is like a food street in China. And everyone, everyone thinks like in Beijing is where the food street, but actually you have them in all cities. Every city yeah, has a food street. Yeah. But um, so we went to that. That was really cool. Um, and it was a cool, it's a cool place to go. But as I'm sure you know, Hamo, any city is a city. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's not, yeah. You, you know, you're not getting any much thrills from that other than going for drinking and some food. Uh, I went to see what was really cool. One of the really cool things I think did do in China was uh, I went to Xi'an to see the, uh, what's the word? It's not statue soldiers. I think it's like tomb soldiers or. Okay. Um, but if anyone doesn't know what they are, when a certain one of the kings of China or emperors back in the day, he was buried with, I think it is a thousand to two thousand um, soldiers. And they're, oh, wow. I can't, I think they're porcelain. I can't remember what they're made out of. But so, when they found his tomb, they're all excavated and it was absolutely perfect. So you go to this place, you see all this history. There was a chariot there of like these Chinese people around. You've got all this amazing, like, you know, pottery and stuff because i think what a lot of people don't understand is like china is where culture began 
that's where yes. if you want to trace back culture you want to trace back ice creams you want to trace back pasta as you know as amazing as all those things are and stuff like that and china is where it literally it all began you want to find the oldest stuff you go to china so you're sitting there and you're looking at these you know this these, these weapons for example these huge chinese style weapons and they're like you know they're, they're five thousand six thousand going on eighteen thousand years old and it's like, mm. it's just it's just absolutely incredible and then you go and you get to see over these soldiers and then you realize that they're thousands and thousands and thousands of years old and it was just really really cool um as to places i wish i'd gone in china yeah. um there is a place in china and you have to forgive me i forgot what it's called but it begins with s sanya sanya oh yeah now sanya is what's referred to as the hawaii of china and it looks exactly like what you've got going on in the background. It is white beaches, it is sandy beaches, it's palm trees, it's clear blue oceans. And it's a real nice retreat because anywhere else in China, obviously the water's murky, it's polluted yeah. and stuff like that. Right. But you go to this part, this island of Sanya, and you've just got beautiful, just complete. You wouldn't know you were there. It's more of like, you know, like, like your Thailands and your stuff like that. Yeah. So you go there and it's just absolutely beautiful. Um, is there anywhere else I wish I'd gone? Shanghai. Great Wall China, did you do that? I did the Great Wall, did the Great yeah. Wall, I was in Beijing. It's cool, it's a wall. <laughs> <laughs> There's a recommendation for, from yeah. Lewis Huxle regarding the wall, Great Wall China. <laughs> like, you, you wake up at like four in the morning to try and beat the crowd, you get stuck on a bus, you go there, and they're like, here's the wall, would you like to climb it? Slightly hungover, Lewis was like, not really, I'd rather take that low. I'd rather take the drive, but sure, let's <laughs> climb it. You climb this wall, and yeah, sure, like the scenery is beautiful. Like, like the, the like what you see is beautiful. And, yeah. I, and I'll, I'll give it to that. That's fair enough. But I wouldn't say like it compares to anything we did on Machu Picchu or anything like that. Yeah. Like, I get it. You have to do it. Like on my list, still on my list is the uh, two seconds is the um, is to do all the wonders, but it's just. It's just a wall, man. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. just a really Mate, long I hear you. Wall. I absolutely hear you. I had to ask the question because everyone listening were going, surely you went to Great Wall of China. Like, I had to get it in there. Um, but I'm glad to get your um, response to that. It's just a piss and wall. It's just really long. Like, it's cool. Like, if you like, <laughs> yeah. if, if you like really long walls and that's your thing, go to the Great Wall of China because that bad boy's long. But that's, <laughs> that's, is it like, is, is it like the Hadrian's Wall? Is it the same as that? Have you been there? No, I haven't been to Adrian's wall, mate. Is that, oh. the sto- is that the stone wall, correct? Yeah, between England and Scotland, right? It's probably the same as that, right? Just a bit bigger. Pretty much, mate. It's got steps. Like, that's it, really. <laughs> so, mate, it's a wall. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, I don't know what that is one of the quotes of the season so far on my podcast. I think, mate, <laughs> it's just a wall. <laughs> I'm sure there's many a culture of people listening to this and being like, oh, there's so much more history to it and stuff like that. And I'm great, that is. But when it's six o'clock in the morning, you're hungover, that's just a wall with a lots of steps, lots of steps, and it's 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 just not for me. But yeah, you know, it's it's a tick off, isn't it? It's one of those things where you got to yeah. tick off this because if off. you want to do them all, you've got to do them all. So it's it's a tick by all means. Um, is there anywhere else I wish I'd gone? There is a city in China called Harbin, um, and it has an ice festival every year when it gets really cold. And oh, yeah. they they make another village, an entire village, out of ice structures. So everything they make the entire which the hotels where you eat, where you drink, all that is completely created from ice, and it's really cool. I'd wish I'd done that. 
but that's it really man like i yeah, i that's fair china is china is more of a place where you go to live rather than it is you go to see things mm-hmm. is there really i speak i speak to a lot of people about traveling there's never really anyone top anyone's list really places to see which is which is fair it's enough not. um it's, it's definitely not near the top of mine it's not in the spheres of like next five or no eight years unless you're gonna unless you're gonna do a year there there's no point Mm-hmm. There's no point at all. No point. Yeah. Okay. Based on that, um, summary of China. Let's move on to South America. So after yeah, before we yours. do that, let me just give me a shout out to my boys in my rugby club. So when I was in China, yeah. I on. ran a rugby club called the Wuhan Baiji. And I just want to shout out to yeah, them. yeah. Crack on. And I'll, I'll always cherish them. We went to Hong Kong in a sevens tournament. Rugby World magazine ended up writing about us. Absolute legends. Shout out to the Baiji. There you go, mate. You can go on now. You can move on. <laughs> Love that. No, any shout outs is fine by me. Okay. So, yeah, South America. We, yeah, we met in Miami, Miami. Um, I, was, I went to Hawaii after I left Australia for a few weeks and I met you in the lobby of a hotel and we flew down to Rio for the World Cup. So, yeah, my friends were going to Rio. That was always part of the plan, actually, when, before I left Norwich. And you came along, and we had this apartment in Rio, quite near Copacabana Beach, right? Yeah. And uh, I found I find Rio just such a quality time. I, I want to go back <sighs> in non-World Cup times, but, mate, I, I don't even know where to begin, really. But um, the apartment mate, was, was, was trendy, place. beautiful place down the beach, trendy cafes, Rio, restaurants. Rio's oh. up there, mate. Rio, Rio is up there as one of my top three cities in the world. Without yeah, a doubt. it's definitely there for me. I could live there as well. Love to live there. Oh, James, without a doubt, I could live there. Without <laughs> a doubt. There's lots of times I looked into, like, how do you go live in Brazil? And lots of people. But the thing that put me off was um, they don't, you can't get a working visa there unless you're sponsored by a company. Yeah. And there are no, no like, it's really hard to get that visa essentially but what everyone else did was go on like a, a travel visa refresh every six months and then teach english like on their spare time oh yeah yeah but that's mega risky and you can end up like getting blacklisted and stuff for that so i didn't <laughs> really do it but like um that town mate that town that town what what a beautiful place like everyone's happy the sun is shining the beaches are amazing that that when I mean, do you remember when we turned up that apartment and Oh, mate, I'm speechless about it because it was so good. Yeah, so great good. location. It had um four four rooms. Um, there was about seven of us, I think seven, maybe eight. Many of, too many of us in, in the whole apartment. I think four of us <laughs> slept in the front room. Yeah, um, you at the back. I blagged a room by myself. I don't know how I did that. Well, <laughs> this is on me. I think we entered the room, but well, we entered the apartment because we were one of the first ones there. Yeah, and to this day, I'm like, why did I not claim that room? But yeah, you claimed it. Fair play. You walked in. You claimed it. I'll take the I'll take the hit on the on the on the couch. But um, that's fine by me. Doesn't really change much. But yeah, that was a great location. Every day, I think we walked straight to the beach. Um, if we're just seeing a game, the American I was a bit further down to the right. I think I can't remember. But yeah. um, we used to go past the same. I think local restaurant. We used to go to the local quite a bit. I remember like my days being a bit different because. That was back when I wouldn't say I was shy, but I definitely wasn't as confident as as, as I could be now and stuff like that. Right. So it was a bit full on for me to meet all those people. So I'd wake up and I remember I'd be up before everyone else. I yeah. think just kind of like timing and stuff like that. 
but I'd head to Starbucks and I'd get a coffee and like read for a bit and stuff like that. Yeah. And then I remember we'd come back and it'd be all you boys. Everyone was topless, man. We were always topless. I don't know why, but every time I walked back after my morning coffee into that place, everyone was topless. I just don't know why. It'd even be to the point where I'd walk in fully dressed, go to make some breakfast and take my top off first. I don't know why, I don't know why we I all I can't really explain it, mate. I, I have no explanation here. It's just our group love getting, yeah, topless. It's lads, isn't it? Do you remember when, um, do you remember as well, it was like the second night and we were all panicking because we thought we weren't going to get the deposit back so we broke that bed. Oh, God, and the toilet issue as well. What was it? I don't remember the toilet issue. Mate, what was the toilet? It, it wouldn't flush. I think oh. we've only got seven or eight lads in there just, yeah, pop them a few out every day. Um, oh. I think my friend, right. so my the, friend uh, got an email from the owner and I don't know if you know this or not. She's like, oh, yeah, thanks for the payment, blah, blah, blah. She goes, also, just to finish, thanks for the surprises that were left in the apartment. <laughs> and the surprises were the broken bed and the toilet, I think. <laughs> I don't know how we got away with that. We didn't get, we didn't get charged for it. Tisha got his money <sighs> back. Yeah. She was really cool. Like, the, the woman that rented to us, she was really cool. Yeah, mental, but cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On another planet, completely, but really <laughs> Like, really cool. Yeah. Um, but the location was peak. Because, well, I mean, we got down, didn't we? I mean, one thing, I, that is the longest journey I've ever taken is to get to Brazil. I was, oh, it's, and it's my own fault because I went cheap with the ticket. Yeah. But one thing I didn't realise was 24 hours in Miami airport, man. Jesus Grim. Christ. That was, a, that was a drag. But we got there. We met in Miami. Five-hour flight down, was it? Yeah, about that. Yeah, five hours, six hours, something like that, straight down. Um, yeah, I think they normally, I think in Brazil, you have to get like a paid visa to go in, but I think for the world cup, they waived that. So really, um, okay. we're kind of ushered like straight through cause we're there for the world cup. So yeah. that, that's pretty painless. And then do you remember, um, getting in that taxi and one thing I remember was getting in the taxi, but being in sort of like finding it quite a weird vista because we were going around these highways, but still surrounded by mountains. Yeah. It's just an unreal place. It's just yeah, the location. Actually, Vancouver is similar in terms of mountains being around you all the time. I've not experienced okay. anywhere else where you're just covered by mountains. Like Rio is just, just like you weave in for a tunnel for underneath a mountain and you're into a new yeah. area. So further down to our right would have been Impanima, which is obviously very trendy. All the hot girls are there doing their yoga at 7 a.m. on the beach, that sort of thing. I just had Brazilian songs on my playlist, mate. Like Oh, mate. Oh, Oh yeah, that's, I, I, that's like, a vibe. The next, year, the next year, once even when I went back to China and stuff like that, all I would play was like um, Brazilian songs. Yeah, like that's all I would play, man. It's just just these funky little like salsa style songs. But yeah, obviously we landed, we went through those mountains, we get to the apartment. Um, is it Andy? Is Andy and Beamish? Chris Beamish? Was yeah, Chris Beamish and Andy. Yeah, there's the people those two of them. Yeah. Beamish looks like a lad. Andy looks like he'd possibly murder you if he wanted to. Like, <laughs> he, he looks like he had it in him. It honestly looked like he had it in him, mate. Like, Mancunians, are not Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember about Andy that um, he wasn't a fan of eating in front of anyone? Yeah, I was going to say he never ate with us. Yeah, a bit weird. That's the um, thing. But yeah. then, obviously, we got there. Lads turn up. It's all great. And we, did we do anything first night? I, we, we went out. I don't know if you remember, but some of my mates were coming at separate times. So two, were, t- yeah. two turned up, then the two turned up, I think, the day after. Um, but so what happened was you probably met uh, my friends Mark and Titch. Titch was surprised. I had no idea they were coming. 
So Mark had told me that, um, oh yeah, I've got a few work friends coming like for about a year. I was like, oh, okay, cool, work friends, yeah, they can come along for the ride, I don't care. So when Titch turned up, total surprise, like, oh my God, he's made it. And then in the conversation of catching up, Mark then gave it away after a whole year or 18 months of private WhatsApp groups, private chats, like saying nothing to me, that two of my other friends would turn up the day after. And he, he was head in hands, like, I can't believe I've done it. I've messed up. So um, yeah, they arrived the day after. But in between that, me, I don't know if he came out, but it's definitely me, Beamish, and was Andy there as well? I can't remember. Definitely me and Beamish. I think you were there. We went to this like random sort of gentleman's bar, should we say, because we met this random DJ. Remember that? Some no, sort no, of no, DJ. No, no, no. That was that was a few, I think that's a few nights after. I don't think that's the first. I know which night we're about to Oh, really? And there's way more to that story, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that night out at all, mate. If I'm honest, I, I just remember Dude, being this random mate, party. I'm end. surprised any of us remember it because <laughs> we went out and we were like, right, what's the deal with Brazil? Brazil, what have you got for these four young English overconfident lads? And it started on the beach because that was when we were doing beach sessions. Because I don't think there was a game on. That's no. what we did on the. I don't think it was a game one. So we went and um, we went out. And for anyone that's that, 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 and you're not going to know. So in Brazil, you don't really go to bars. You go to like these little huts which serve drinks. Yeah. And we were we were going to those, and we went through. And there is a drink. Do you remember what Brazil's drink is called? Caprina. <sighs> Mate, we smashed that Caprina's back. I've not heavy, touched it since. I've not heavy, touched it since. Heavy for anyone listening, Caprina. Is like a mojito minus anything good about a mojito. That's what I've been doing. Honestly, but we, because they were so cheap, they were like two pounds or something like a go, and you were getting these pint glasses full of what essentially lemonade straights and some sort of flavouring. And we're knocking them back, we're knocking them back. And then at one point in time, these two guys turn up next to us, these Americans, and one's a film director, and his brother owned, um, is it Fufu, Fuji or something like that, quite a famous hip-hop collection. But he was a director and he was directing for this guy. And we were like, oh, who, who are you directing mm. for? And while this is going on, Beamish is there on a chair, falling asleep, dribbling <laughs> out of his own mouth because he's so wasted. Andy's gone back by now because he's... Right, he, okay. To be fair yeah. to Andy, he was the mature one. He wasn't having none of it. Yeah. So he went back. But you and me are there trying to keep our shit together. <laughs> Beamish is in the corner of this, but, like, of this little like, nice patioed area dribbling out of his mouth and i've got a photo somewhere and you can see the dribble on his shirt as it's run down he's out of it and then this guy's like oh yeah so i'm doing a video for him i'm like oh, okay man what's going on and he's like oh yeah i'm i'm a i'm a i'm a, I'm a rapper and out of pure kindness and politeness we entertained the fact that he's a rapper yeah because he was a ordinary white dude that didn't look like he should be a rapper but then apparently he's quite talented and he's like, been in source magazine we're like oh that's really cool and he kept getting the drinks in, mate. Yeah, and yeah. The drinks in. <laughs> and then he went full rapper and he was like, hey, guys, do you want to go to a strip club? <laughs> <laughs> and we were we were there. Beamish has passed out. We're sitting there, 20 odd Caprinas in. And we're like, fuck it, we do. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, I think at first it was like, no, we're on a travel's budget, mate. We can't do it. We can't afford it. And it was like, no, I'll pay for you. And I was like, yes, boss, yes. <laughs> Went there, ended up just just covered in South American women. And then I remember, like, what I specifically remember, James, is, yeah. like, you being uncomfortable with it, me being way too into it, and just <laughs> turning, turning to you, and you looking at me like, 
no, Lewis, this isn't this isn't where we should be right now, mate. This <laughs> this is not what should we going on. And we got out of there quick. We got out of there quick. And then it I was late it though. It must have been late. Was it late? Oh, yeah, it was late. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Because I, I, what I do remember, I think that must have been the night before Joe and Normo turned up because I was in the front room. My bed was the sofa bed. And I knew the surprise. It wasn't like a. I tried to act surprised, but I was really yeah. hungover. I was. I was gone, mate. After that night, and they sort of turned. I was like, yeah, yeah. I can't believe you're here. Like it wasn't really convincing. Um, and I tried to like be cool about it, but mate, I was gone. Those caparinas are. Mate, what a drink! Level. What a drink, mate! What a drink! What a drink! Like, I don't remember that night at all. Apart from I got one memory. I don't remember the. I sort of remember getting meeting them at the beach hut thing. The only memory is I was in the club going, where the hell are we? What are we doing here? And I remember that. That's it. And I remember waking up next morning. Mate, that's exactly what it was. Exactly <laughs> what it was. Mate. That's exactly what it was. It's weird, though. Like, I don't know. I really don't know if we should have done that. Just accepting random, like, I don't know, grooming attempts from strangers. <laughs> <laughs> Getting bought that's drinks like, for us. It sounded like uh, yeah. kids. Anyway, um, that was a good night out. That was before basically anything started in Rio. So that's a good that's a good kick off to the experience. We saw some great World Cup games um, oh, in Rio and, some, and, some and also in Brazil. One. I've got a question. Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, yeah, I'll ask it now. <laughs> Better Horizonte. So we went there to go and see a game. And absolute fuck up. Beamish is a bit of a nightmare. He um oh, mate, essentially you made, were so angry. <laughs> oh, I was I was fuming. Um he essentially made me miss my flight or bus, I can't remember which one we were getting. Um I think I'm probably in flight. And you know, I don't know if you've experienced it before, if you're with a mate and you're going to catch a bus or a train, I'm pretty good for time. I'm like, mate, we cannot leave this any longer. He's like, no, no, we're fine. And for one, the probably only time ever I trusted someone, oh, maybe he's right that time. Maybe we've got a bit of time. Nah, about half an hour, even 45 minutes late to the airport, gone. Um, so I managed to get a night bus to Better Horizonte, but I had an extra day in Rio, which, which wasn't, wasn't planned. But during that day, you obviously went on your own. Yeah. And... You bumped into, I wasn't there, so I don't know what happened, but I remember Tishwa and Tish loved this story, that they just bumped into you in the street, they had no way contacting you, they knew you were in the city, but you could have been anywhere. Mate, what a glorious you. moment that is. When I saw those two guys, I honestly, I'm not sure I'll ever be happier than when I saw those two guys. You just stayed so in the same hotel, I, weren't you, as well? Yeah, I stayed on the floor of their hotel, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. um... We like we had tickets and stuff because I I think going into this we didn't realize where things were or stuff like that, and we didn't have things planned essentially because we didn't know who was going to what game yeah so I just I just took whatever I could get and I was happy with that so when I left because I left the day for you was because I was taking a day bus so I remember because I wanted to keep things cheap as possible and yeah. the flight was a lot more than a day bus because that's what you missed you missed the flight because you were going to fly there weren't you yeah. so you were going to fly there. Beamish was way too hungover and it kind of fucked things up for you. Yeah. So I I took the day bus and I was cool with it. It was fine. I took the day bus down there, but I didn't have any way to use my phone. So I had a Chinese SIM card in my phone at the time. But it was fine. The boys were like, oh, we'll meet you at A, B, or C or whatever. And I was like, fine, that's not a problem at all. But get there, and there's not like you'd expect where there's like signs or anything. I just ended up at Bella Horizonte, got off the bus, and the guys were like, do you know what, mate? Fuck you. We're gone. And I was just there. I, I was just in Bella. I was like, with no idea where to go. 
no idea what to do and no way to contact these people. Yeah. So I just started walking. I start walking, I start walking, I start walking. I get up to the stadium because my thought was, well, the party's going to be near the stadium, surely, which is really wrong. If anyone ever goes to a sporting event, understand the parties are never near the stadium. Yeah. So I get to the stadium and there's a police officer there. Now, actually, what I should be clear is I get to the stadium and go to the car park because I'm just trying to find someone to talk to or something because, number one, I need a slash. Like I really needed to relieve myself. And number two was I had no idea where these boys are. I knew they're in town. I'm panicking because I'm like, I can't spend a night on the street in Brazil. <laughs> like, I can't do that. I just can't do that, boys. Like, that's not what's going to happen here. I cannot do that. I will get hurt. Like, that's not yeah. happening. Because um, obviously, because we'd had stories before that of um, like uh, English fans getting hurt in uh, Sao Paulo and stuff. Yeah. So in my head, I'm going like, if, if I'm here any longer, it gets dark and I'm on my own, I'm going to get hurt. So I can't do that. So I find this police officer and I try to explain to him that I'm trying to go to the party. And that's all I can say, because I don't know what else to say, because I don't speak Portuguese. I don't have anywhere to translate yeah. on my phone because I don't really single. So he's like, I'm like to the party and I'm making drinking signs and stuff like that. And he just points that direction. I walk this direction. I'm fanned up. So I've got my English shirt on, shorts and an English flag tap, tied around my um, neck like <laughs> like a superhero and i get to this party and i'm like i don't care if i find these boys i'm gonna get wasted because i had enough <laughs> i had enough of everything so i pick up i go get some um cervezas yeah, get the other cerveza and then as i go around i just see titch's face and i just <laughs> see him there and they turn around and we make eye contact and i go boys and, I go, <laughs> and then we just embrace and yeah. it's absolutely brilliant. I'm there, and I was double fisting. I had two beers in a hand. It was absolutely <laughs> brilliant. The most happy I've ever seen. And then, all of a sudden, we just have a great night. We just end up boozing. There's a guy there, a Brazilian guy, who's just an absolute study of football and a complete football apologist. And he's like, oh, from Norwich, are you? Oh, Rob Green's a great footballer. I'm like, he's a great goalkeeper. I was like, what do you know about Rob Green? He's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I know everything about football there is. It's like, fair enough, boss, fair enough. And we just end up having this great booze night. We're walking around the street. We're going cerveza, cerveza. We're singing songs because we made up like three different songs on that trip <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that. It was absolutely brilliant, mate. Seeing those boys like made everything worth it. And what was really good as well is like before that night, we hadn't had much of a chance to communicate with one another. We knew who each other were. Yeah. And stuff like that. And we got on, we've been polite. But we hadn't had much of a chance to actually get to know each other. But the second or three of us like that, that happened, it was like, boys, this is something we're not going to forget. Yeah, this, yeah, is, yeah. this is a thing. Yeah. Both of them so absolutely love that moment, mate. They, they, if I see, if I speak to Titch about Rio or Brazil, that <laughs> always comes out that moment because he said he just couldn't believe it happened. He loves that moment. Yeah, it's one of those just great moments that you you both oh. you all won't forget. Mate, it's a great moment. I still I love that photo. There's a photo of us. Always the Titch's eye is half closed, Mark is barely there, and it's just a selfie of us. And we're all we look like the most basic tourists because we're all in England tops, we've got tinnies in our hands. It's absolutely <laughs> brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So that night, you I was at a bit of a party and I was getting a night bus. Hmm. Um, I think I can't remember, I was on my own. You were, yeah, you were, yeah, I think own, I was yeah. on my own. So basically, I was going solo now from leaving Rio to get into the stadium. Um, which was a little bit stressful, but I, I eventually got to the stadium. But before we get to that, yeah, so the boys were ripping me for the whole trip because I had this basic England shirt, this red one that cost about $5 for a petrol station. Um, this is also one of their greatest moments because 
yeah, I wore the shirt. Like, I just thought it was a laugh. Like, it's got a fake badge on it, all this stuff. Anyway, so I made my way to Bello to the, to the ground. And I've just, I think I just about get there in time. And luck would have it that the, the seat was next to you, but was also next to a few ex-England footballers, um, <laughs> Tony Gale and Tony Cotty. Now, when I arrived, I was like, right, okay, yeah, I can see them this. I know they are, cool, we're next to them, whatever. But Tishel was extremely excited. I, I couldn't really work out what was going on. And Tish was also a bit like, I have his mind. I'm like, something's not right here. And they give out to me, he's like, yeah, 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 you're sitting there. I was like, yeah, cool, whatever. Um, good to see you. Yeah, a bit stressful, got there in the end, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, don't worry about that. You need to meet Tony Cotty. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll go and shake his hand. And straight <laughs> away, when I pop around the corner to the back, see Tony Cotty, he's got the exact same shitty petrol station shirt as me. And now I knew why Tisha and Tish were pissing themselves laughing. They could not believe an ex-England footballer. Um, I think he won a few first station titles back in the 80s. Goal, sc- goal demons, goal scorers and all that sort of stuff. Has bought a $5 replica England shirt and I had to get a photo and then Tisha straight away was like yeah 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 well can we get a photo I was like he's like yeah yeah, yeah we'll get a photo and there it is me with Tony Cotty in the same England Mate. shirt in Berlin what a moment Brilliant. there's also a great football of us all 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 including you know professional football such everybody watching just incredibly disappointed with that football game yes me and Tony Gale were having a right laugh how shit it was there's a couple of photos flying about with me and you just pissing ourselves laughing with him and he, he was just keeping himself to himself and a few comments. I don't, I don't want to bombard him with like questions or shit like that. But um, yeah. I think one time he both said, gosh, it's bad. And he goes, yeah, this is, this is truly awful. That was one of the worst games I've seen, mate, against Costa Rica. Oh, talk about boring football. Jesus. Oh, knocked out the World Cup. Nothing to play for. Um, but what a cool moment where you can go watch boring football anytime. You got to watch boring football in Brazil with ex-England players. Yeah. Like, they're taking their piss, mate. Yeah, it's quite yeah. a surreal moment. <laughs> no, that's a real, that's a real cool moment. Like, that's a proper, like, like for me, if I, if I, if I was considering doing something like traveling, if someone told me that happened, I'd be like, fuck yeah, I'm there, boys. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'll take that risk. I'll take that risk. Yeah. And um, before that, I, I didn't discuss Sao Paulo. Did you come to Sao Paulo? So I didn't go to Sao Paulo. That wasn't one of the ones I went to, but I heard you yeah. guys had quite a rough time there. Well, Sao Paulo was awful, really. It was, it was the game we had to win, or at least mm. draw to keep any any hopes alive. Um, Sao Paulo is just a, a tap, a huge city, like just an urban sport, basically. But it was a dip in, dip out. So we got in, um, got the train to the metro station near Corinthians Ground, and Corinthians Ground is in the suburbs. And it's, mm. it's like being in... I don't describe it, really. There's like walls of graffiti it just had a bit of a bad vibe and yeah. um, we all walked to the ground um got in there and you just had this feeling that we, t- we weren't going to do well um but we yeah we went behind to Luis Suarez banging a goal in so Uruguayan fans to the right were celebrating and there's just one one Scottish fan with a Scottish <laughs> flag in the middle of Uruguayans just goading us so yeah that's quite <laughs> interesting but then Rooney scored and it's back on and everyone went mental like I've never gone as mental for a goal in my life yeah. And we're like, this is back on. And then we dominated for the next five minutes after that game, trying to get another goal. But then the whole Luis Suarez second bang, bang the goal yeah. in. So I went from like euphoria to disheartening in about 10 minutes and we're out. And then we just wanted to get back to Rio because our fight was 6 a.m. the next morning, but we're back in the yeah. airport by 10, 10 p.m. Yeah. So me and Tish would start to get a bus back because we just don't want to hang around the airport. Um, but that was before Bella. Who, um, who are your favourite fans? Like, out of uh, all of your favourite? 
Uh, yeah, I was going to finish off Rio. So we met a load of fans in Rio because they're the, the fan zone on the beach. So all the games were shown on the beach, weren't they? And like this huge yeah, area. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. Um, so colourful. But um, I... Well, I it, was two... cool that, um, it was really cool that you had this communal area where it was just, do you enjoy football? Yes. Do you like beaches? Yes. Come here. And <laughs> yeah. that was just a really, a really cool moment because they were serving beer. You had all different fans, all these multicolored fingers of shirts. Everybody's getting on. Do you remember when you ended up on Five Live? No, I don't. <laughs> you don't remember? No. Uh, what's the What's the big lad from Five Live? Um, Mark Chapman. Pardon? Mark Chapman. I don't think it's Mark. I Chapman. remember I it's bumping to him in the street. Um, <sighs> no, you ended up you ended up on Five Live doing a penalty shootout. Oh no, that was Tishel and um, and Titch. With, so, with Adam Brazil. No, I turned up a bit later to watch it. Ah, I thought it was you. I thought it's it was just, you. Again, it's another one of those moments where you turn up and go, oh, what is going on here? Why is Adam Brazil having a beer on a chair in Rio and Tish was going to fire a penalty at him in, in the goal? What is, was like brilliant. weird fish hands on them? What is going on here? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, um, uh, answer your question, favourite fans. Oh, I don't want to... Yeah, two sets, Brazilian and USA fans, they're my favourites. Mate, mate, the USA fans are something else. They're just different, aren't they? US, American people (sighs) watching football is different to anyone else. Really is. The (laughs) energy they bring to that, like, like, they make us look like, I don't know, prudish. When you go in there and you're watching, you know, Clint Dempsey scoring a goal, and all of a sudden, everybody, high five, high five. At the end of that USA game, I think it was USA-Australia, we just stood there, you, me, and um, oh, was it me and Mark? I can't remember. And um, we were just high-fiving everyone. <laughs> yeah. Just high-fiving everyone as they walk out. We had beer in one hand, high-fives in the other. And they loved it, mate. They absolutely loved it. Do you remember when um, we were walking back one night for um, some food? And we got really into, uh, was it Viva Viva Chile? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And we saw a bunch of Chile fans and then yeah. we chanted it. Yeah. And you do not chant that if you're not from Chile. <laughs> we got those, we got some daggers shot at us, man. Yeah. Not chant that. Definitely not. I think um, yeah, those American fans are funny because I think we adopted America as our next team because England was so shit. We're like, well, who are we gonna support now? Yeah. We'll support USA because they had a semi-decent team, they got through the next round, and yeah, we were in the fan zone watching their games. It's just a cool vibe. And yeah, to finish on Rio, like we we did meet quite a few people there. We met Ian Wright. Um, again, yeah, another, another photo that they love is me with Gordon Strachan. I don't even know why they love that, but um, I'm sure they got their reasons. But we bumped him. I get him. a lot of um, shit. I get a lot of shit from mine with Gordon Strachan because I'm bald and topless. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's Gordon Strachan just enjoying his walk, and then there's yeah. me, beer belly out. Like Gordon, come here for a photo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's got his Sunday shirt on. He's got his um. Yeah. His jeans on his shoes. He's, he's trendy. He's, he's trendy. And as yeah. you walking up with a yeah shirtless and um, gut hanging out with a with a photo opportunity. Um, yeah, so we met Adam Brazil as well. That's a funny one with the yeah. random competition that Tisha was involved in for Sony. Um, but yeah, that Rio was great. Um, also, going to touch on food very quickly. Smashed in the barrows and the Philly de Frangos, mate, and the glass oh, bottle. Mate, Coke. You, you 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 shout what a Philly de Franco is, and I'll talk about the barrow. <laughs> Tell these so, people. Philly de Frango is just um, a fillet of fish bad. And what comes with that is um, just everything. Everything. <laughs> it's it's mate. beans, it's rice, it's chips, it's salad. 
Um, I don't know what else is involved. <laughs> Toasties. Um, Toasties, yeah. It's just this <laughs> plate of this heap of food. Every day we just eat more wings. Um, but a barrow included, what, what do you describe that as? I mean, first we need to talk about the fact that, mate, that there was one point we were on, um, what was the beach called? Co- what's the beach called? Co- Copacabana. Copacabana. Yeah. Booze, there's a CNN reporter, and there's you, me, Titch, I think it was everybody, just chanting, fill a different we're there in the back of this American TV going, fill out of Frango. Mate, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, the barrow was similar. So it was chips, salad, um, ham and cheese toasty, beans, but two pieces of steak as well. <laughs> and I think we got that for like three quid a go. Like, oh, mate, with glass of coke is a dream. I think Frango is actually chicken, not fish, got that wrong. But um, yeah, it's just bad. I guess me or fish, we used to have all this other stuff. And looking back, oh, I'd love to go back and try again. Like, I just miss oh, that sort mate. of food. Love oh. to, I'd love to. Like, it's one of those places I have to go back to. There's so much. I, I don't feel like I missed anything in Brazil, but I just feel like I miss it from my life. I need more Brazil <laughs> yeah. in my life. You need life. more Brazil. Yeah. yeah. Also, I need, oh, God, there's so much stuff um, before we crack on with our travels. The day at the, at the um, Christ Redeemer, that was a random day brilliant yeah so we got to the bottom and it was sold out and they said no you can't go up so our mate i think i told a story on another podcast our mate um well tishua's mate lee who's a photographer and tishua had another friend called um tom who was a uh, at the time writing for the sun don't hate me um they were like <laughs> yeah we, we need to do a piece for the sun um but the England game we've got we've got to, we've got to do it we're like well we can't go up and lee's like oh, i'll go and speak to him because he'd done that selfie at the top of the world yeah. Uh, which yeah. is very well known. So if you, yeah, I think I said before, we type Christ Redeemer selfie, you'll see this guy at the top of the Christ Redeemer taking a selfie with Rio in the background. That's that guy. And he just mentions that, oh yeah, I'm that guy. And straight away, like, oh yeah, of course you can go up. Instantly got his tickets. But <laughs> that day, photo shoot, beers, accidental session on top of the uh, Christ Redeemer. Oh, mate. Views are amazing. Unreal, wasn't it? We're sitting there and like... It's just, it is unreal. It's quite a surreal situation because I don't think we planned to go across to Redeemer. It was just one of those things where we'd realise yes. you can't wake up at nine o'clock in the morning and drink until a football game. No. Like, you know, we couldn't just do that. So we were sitting there like, what should you do? Well, let's go. And I think it was you suggested because you booked the um, other thing that we need to talk about, the uh, favela thing. But it was you that suggested let's go across to Redeemer. And I was fine with it. I think everyone's fine with it because for me, it was another uh, one of the world tick off. Yeah. I was I was cool with that, but we turned up and just yeah because Mark and met those guys the day before right in the yes. fan zone yes that's right which is yeah a crazy thing to sit there booze and all of a sudden the next day these guys that you were boozing with they're like oh yeah by the way we can really help you out here and then by day four or something we're on we're in the sun and there's <laughs> yeah. us looking like the most basic group of lads. I've got my head shaved. Beamish is looking kind of thuggish. Andy still looks like he can murder someone. We've all got we've all got beers in our hands, and they're like, "Yeah," they were like, "Yeah." Someone put Lee in um, uh, what was it? A uh, a priest's outfit, and we'll yeah, take Tom, a photo. Tom was in the priest's outfit, and Lee was taking the photo. Yeah. Maybe and what, no, what's funny is because on that photo, I think your hand covered my face, so they actually put an extra bit in the bit beneath about where we're from, like an extended piece about me, and I said I was a wine taster. I don't have a job. I was, I was jobless, mate. I was traveling around. I think Tom was like, yeah, whacking anything you want. So I think I was a wine taster on that. Um, 
if you uh, ever needed a reason to be like, hey, I'm not sure I want to go travel, I'm not sure it's a part of my life, that story right there should make you yeah. go travel. Because just the shit that can happen is unreal. Yeah, it just you speak to unreal. people, get boozed up, things happen. It's just unreal yeah. story, isn't it? That's why I miss it. That's why I love to go. Um, one thing, like final thing on Rio before we move on to our travels, is the Favela tour. It's actually Mark who booked this, actually. I'll give him credit for this. Mark was it, yeah? Yeah, he found this guy who was doing a free walking, well, not free, but like giving tips, but walking yeah. tour through one of the biggest favelas in Brazil and the biggest in Rio. And I think not all of us went, only five of us went. And basically, he led us through in single file through the favela. And it's a pretty cool experience. Bought some corn on the side of the Good street. Um, people just going about their daily life. People think it's a scary place. I'm, I guess parts of it is, but for us, yeah, just a cool. Well, what was interesting was like I, I see it a lot now and I see that like, I see that mentality but I wouldn't, I've never really been made aware of that mentality was that like he was explaining that like the government ruined everything bring the gangs back because when the gangs are there you wouldn't you wouldn't do anything because yes. you know of the automatic life-threatening repercussions but once the government got involved you could just pay your way out of any troubles yeah and he was like yeah the government's ruined this and I was like fair play dude like yeah yeah I didn't I didn't think that was a thing. My naivety didn't think that was actually a possible thing. But fair play to you. That's that's exactly what it was. And I'm with you, man. Like, I get the... See, people always talk about the crime when they go traveling. And like, mm. I was talking to someone today, and they were like, oh, I'd like to do Brazil, but I don't know about the crime. I don't know if I go around. And I was like, stupid things happen to stupid people. That's yeah. all you need to remember. Yeah. Like, if you're going to go somewhere on yourself, don't be stupid, and then you'll be fine. Because I think you, as long as you went, went like a an insulting person and you show your respect i think you could walk into those favelas and be absolutely fine yeah just like just respect i yeah. mean yeah. If, if you're gonna go out you know chant england songs yeah you're gonna, you're gonna get your head kicked in but if you just go in <laughs> like buy a bit of street food i don't know sit have a coffee no one's gonna bother you like you just no just no because at the around. end of the day people people don't look for trouble like like no. there's no such no one's sitting there going god I really wish I could murder someone today. Like, no. <laughs> and I think, I think, um, I think that's really what we learned. Anything is like, yeah, like it's just, I don't know. I think in, in in some way, I kind of feel sorry for them because they're getting a bad rep, but also they're not getting treated very well by the people, the government, etc., are supposed to look out for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if if we could have helped any way with them, just with that tour, you know, buying stuff or paying for yeah. that tour. And then so be it. That's great. That's, that's, that's a cool experience. And I think I want to finish. Uh, yeah, we're on that because that's quite a cool experience. And people should do that. Just go and do those like really weird things that point on your hit list. Um, yeah, let's crack on. So after after Rio, and all, all the debauchery of Rio and Brazil World Cup, we went to the border town of Iguazo to go and see Iguazo Falls. What Iguazo Falls? Unbelievable views. I couldn't believe what I was seeing there. Mate, like I've never done it. But I'm sure you have you done um, Niagara yet? Yes. Yeah. I don't know how it compares, but for me, I don't think even if I did Niagara, I'm not sure I'd see something like Iguazu that is so unique and so because it's not what what people don't understand is like we go we went to this town like we got this bus to this town. Oh mate, was it a 36 hour bus? Yeah, it's long. It's long. Oh, <laughs> it was hardcore. It was hardcore, and we met. Oh, do you remember that lad? So there was two lads on this bus. One guy was really impressive because he could basically speak Portuguese, Spanish fluently without ever learning any. Do you remember him? I don't know. So his mum was French and therefore taught him French. 
and he basically said, and this, and and I'm surprised you don't remember him because you, you you got on well, mate. You had a bit Did of a I? romance on this on this trip, and this guy was like, um, if you if you know that, if you know one of them, you can speak all of them. And he'd never learned a, a, an ounce of Brazil in his life, but he was communicating with everyone. And I remember at one point it got really boring, and I got bored out of my mind because you you and this guy, I forget his name, had decided to have a little competition where you'd name every country in Europe and then every country in the world. <laughs> I did not I remember this. <laughs> I sat there like 28 hours into this bus trip thinking, what a pair of fucking dweebs. <laughs> I thought, is this really the entertainment we're going for right here? This is what we're going for. But fair enough. And I remember, I don't know if you remember this. Do you remember there was a guy sitting maybe two rows in front of us on his own trying to get somewhere, obviously, but giving absolutely no fucks and just playing porn on his phone? Oh, mate, I have, remember that guy? I have zero recollection of this bus ride. Oh, mate, it was the funniest thing. He did not care one bit. He was there, whapping it out, and just the, the, the most filthiest thing you've ever seen. He didn't care one bit about who saw it. It was hilarious. <laughs> but we get through that 36-hour trip. We all of a sudden think we know how to play the stock market because we're like, yeah, we should get some Argentinian dollars now because this is the yeah. time to get Argentinian yeah. dollars. And I don't know why we thought we were going to make so much money getting them in Brazil, but we thought we would. And um, we go to this little town. And I don't know about you, but for me, I was like, this is just a town. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know, I, I had no idea what we were about to discover. Well, I knew the fools were there, but I didn't, I didn't know much about the actual town itself or anything about it. No. I just, I just knew we were going to go on a tour or half a day at the fools. That's yeah. what I knew, really. Um, I, yeah, so we saw the falls, um, we got up, up close, got our photos, but obviously it comes to the story now with the, the Chinese camera crew that we met. Well, talk about the falls first, mate. Like, well, we, we can't just, we can't say? Uh, what's there to say? Well, first off, they're incredible. What there is to say, I've never found out what that animal was. Do you remember those animals? <laughs> yeah, the ones on the floor, yeah. Mate, these weird <laughs> monkey ferret type things. I've never found out what they were. But for anyone listening, Iguaza Falls is like one of the most unique nature-based environments you'll ever find. It was absolutely incredible. It was like, take, go to London, replace all the all the skyscrapers with waterfalls. It yeah. was insane. And also, if you go to different yeah, parts of the so year, um, so we went and it was like muddy because I think, I guess it's the wet season. It was the winter. Yeah. Um, so it was like that brown colour. But if you go in the summer or non, non-wet non season, it's really blue. So I'd love to yeah. go back and see that at that Me time too. of year. Yeah. But there, yeah, I, I was I was in awe. Like the waterfalls was incredible. I'd arguably say they're better than Niagara. That's probably what I would say. I don't know. That doesn't surprise me because yeah. it's just fall on top of fall, isn't it? It's insane. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. But um, yeah, as James was saying, once we got back to the hotel, because I think we were staying there at night, there was a TV crew there, and they were Asian, and I was like. <sighs> I think they're Chinese. And I said to Jane, like, and, and what should be important to know is there was two dudes and a chick. And this woman was quite pretty, quite pretty. And I said to James, like, I think they're Chinese. And James was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, should I speak Chinese? And James was full on like, yeah, go on, mate. Go on, speak Chinese. <laughs> right, I, so they're having a conversation. And it was something like, um, I think it was like, where's the fools? Or something they were saying in Chinese. And I said, oh, the fools is over that way. I said in Chinese. And all of a sudden, mate, that was it. Putty in the hands, James. You're in, mate. In the um, it unfortunately went nowhere because I tried to... I wanted to make a series about the rugby team and she had no interest. But, um, oh, yeah, really straight, straight away, like... I don't know, mate. What, what a weird experience. We're, in, we're, in, we're on the border, Argentinian side, I think. Um, 
talking Chinese to a TV crew trying to convince them to put us on TV. Yeah. <laughs> I, basically, I was sitting there watching. I had no... no, I had no like, <laughs> you really did. Nothing input like, in this whole conversation. Really, I was just sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> but you were. You were sitting there. You, yeah, you just sat there and witnessed it all, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't realise you tried to get a, a show about rugby. That's, that's pretty cool. You've got, you got to ask. Don't ask, don't get. Exactly, um, right. Yeah, so... We checked out Guazo, weird couple of other days there with that Chinese crew and stuff. And then we made a long ass trip up north to Salta. So our plan was, I think the main bulk of our trip was Machu Picchu, um, San Pedro, and also La Paz. I think in our minds, that's kind of what we thought. But to get there, yeah. instead of flying, we took a bus to Salta, which is like North Argentina. And I don't think it's really on many people's lists, but it's just on the way. Um, I don't recall much from Salta. I know we saw like a viewpoint at the top of the city you got a cable car up there yeah. i think we got a cable yeah. car looked over the city it was okay it's like a quite colorful place what right. i remember is thinking i'm in south america right now yeah i'm freezing cold what's this yes. about yeah oh that town was cold but with a steak remember that steak in the in the oh, sort of city mate. square because <laughs> <laughs> that's what we were hoped for wasn't it because i didn't yeah. know because because I, I i still to this day i'm not exactly a culinary expert or like anything like that so i didn't realize that this was the place to go for steaks but you were saying like you know we need to go have a steak because it's, it's what you do yeah and mate when we walked in that place and we didn't even we didn't put any effort into our appearance because we were traveling we didn't have clothes to do that with so we walked into this real nice like sl- like um almost like central european like uh, restaurant yeah table check table chairs each sit down should you have a glass of wine fuck it yeah let's have a glass of wine because <laughs> yeah. why not get that steak and oh james i don't really take pictures of my food but that was one i had to take a picture of yeah i took a picture of it i think it's about five six dollars oh. all in unbelievable steak nice wine right. oh dream and then we randomly went to another cafe i think it's called the van gogh cafe actually i don't know why i remember it uh, for another beer maybe another like the day after and they they made yeah. chips like British chips, like homemade fried. Yeah, they did. it's the first I had in like two years. I can't believe what I was experiencing. I had to go yeah, back. I think. Homemade. Well, I took photo of them because we yeah. were trying to um because we couldn't get chips with our steak, could we? No, no, that's no. right, that's right. Yeah, yeah. We had to have um potatoes. No, I forgot about that. That's such a good point. Why? Because yeah, because we had we had time to kill, right? Yeah, it just mean I just remember us like hanging around. That's that's quite a nice square. A few bars around there. Had a few drinks. Square had the steak. It um but yeah i don't know more excited about the steak or the chips i can't remember again but i took <laughs> i took photos of both um, <laughs> yeah so i remember that from Salter, and yeah we stayed in i can't remember where we stayed but i, I do recall it being quite colorful like blue doors and shit but um Salter is probably oh, of not, course of course yeah. and um that was when we came downstairs and um a cheeky guitar mate didn't they you had a bit of a flex yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. you got you've got the old guitar skills out because that was the time <laughs> when i thought i thought yeah i can play guitar and i forgot <laughs> i forgot you had a degree in music and which was your guitar as well so i was like i can play guitar i'll have a little play i think i was doing smoke on the water and you were like <laughs> That's it, yeah. nah you were like nah you know you gotta do the bass you gotta do the bass as well so which means like, you need to play the chords and the bass and as well bass line, yeah yeah, and I was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm never never playing guitar in front of James again. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, no, know your place, Lewis, know your place. Uh, even these, these towns are not really much going on. There's still some stories, isn't there? It's quite funny. Yeah. So we, um, after Salter, we popped on the bus to the main, probably, 
I'll put it, arguably say the main stop of our travels, Aguazo was a stop off. Yeah, Waterfall's great. But San Pedro and Chile, Northern Chile, we had to get there by bus. And I do recall this bus being tough because the altitude increased. And it's a long ass bus. It's quite a comfortable bus. But I remember feeling queasy at some point. It must have been near the border or Mate, near San do you remember Pedro. um do you remember the issue before the bus, before that? Do you remember that issue at all? No. What's the issue? So so to get to San Pedro, you have to go through the capital of um well, where's the capital of Chile? Do you remember what do you remember what's it called? Oh what Santiago. You have to go through Santiago, right? No, oh, we didn't go that where? we didn't go that far down south. We went we to the to border through, town. We had to go through a city to get connecting bus. Yeah. And no one had warned us, but there was only one bus running. Right. So we had to take the we had to get from Salta to this city, then go to San Pedro. So when we turned up for that bus, it was fully booked. Uh, well, Do you remember? Yeah, was, was, was it around this town? Like, was it quite early or something, or nothing yeah, was open? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we got there like three, like like three in the morning, and they were like, yeah. "No, sorry, there's no spaces." And we're like, "Okay, when's the next one?" Uh, tomorrow. <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you mean tomorrow? Man, yeah, like, yeah. No, you're not getting on this bus. And we were like, "Well, we've got nowhere to stay." But well, you got to find somewhere to stay. So we went, mate. And we do you remember as well one of the advice they gave us? For anyone listening, James is not a big fan of dogs. I don't know if that's still a thing, but you didn't used to be a fan of big no, fan I didn't. of dogs. I now, but not then. And they they were like, if you see a pack of dogs cross the road, and I remember thinking, what? What are you on about? And they were like, the dogs here, they make packs. If you see one cross the road, they'll get aggressive. And at that point, I honestly, I thought, what have we done? Yeah, what have yeah. we done here? Right. And we had to book this. We, had, we tried to find these hostels and we had a pizza. That was really cool. We found a place that was serving pizza. We had a nice pizza. And then we booked this hostel. And this hostel was above a nightclub and a strip club. And it, it was really shitty. It was the shittiest one we could yeah. find. Because you remember, the shower wasn't a shower. It was just the pipe. <laughs> yes. like, it was yeah, just yeah. the pipe. And you now. couldn't yeah. close the doors. So it's about three in the morning and four in the morning by the time we get here, the strip club's raving. So it's going, <laughs> and we're just like, boys, we just want to get some sleep, please. Like, yeah. what's going on? Go finally, yeah, we, we, we got over that trouble, next bus. And you're totally right, man. I remember, I remember you feeling funny. I remember not feeling great myself as we literally went up in that altitude. And it's, it's I think it's, a, it's, it was good we did that before Machu Picchu so we become aware of it. Yes, because climatized as well. Yeah. Before that, I didn't know that was a thing. I know it was yeah, spoken same. about. I know it was, you see it on TV, but I didn't realise it was to that effect. Yeah, and we got out on the outskirts of San Pedro, and I, I was just relieved to get off the bus and just get some fresh air and just like walk yeah. into town because that was that was pretty tough. I nearly chundered at a few points there. Yeah, and um, San Pedro is really cool. I've, really? I've always described this as one of my favourite places in Mate. South America at this point because it's like a small small town like there's no there's no big buildings so they're all like built probably just above what we're what height we are yeah and as you walk around yeah it's just uh it yeah, wouldn't just... look out of place in a clint eastwood film yeah exactly it? yeah it's just one of those like you push the doors open the wooden doors yeah. fling open and do you remember um a couple of things our hostel was fucking cold oh, james night. do you remember sitting in that living room sitting there um we've got music on and we're trying to listen to some stevie ray vaughan but we can't. We're covered in jumpers as I'm shivering, mate, because it was yeah. so cold. Oh. I remember that I think we went to a shop like in town and this local said, Have you not got a coat? I was like, Nah. 
yes, yeah, that goes, did happen. Why have you not got a coat? I was like, mm, I'm not carrying one. He goes, well, you need to buy one, mate, because you're going into depths of altitude where you're going to need a coat. Yeah. For some reason, I believed him. So I bought a coat for 70 dollars and I've still got it now. It's like a ski jacket. Mm. Um, but also, do you remember that cafe, that restaurant we went to, and there's a couple of English dudes acting like absolute dickheads to the waitress. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I remember, like, you and me were like, Leah, let's never go back to England. Like, yeah, like, and oh. they're just feeling nothing but shame. Yeah, like, oh, you don't get this in the UK. People, like, fuck off. They were, um, they were angry, right? Because she didn't speak English as well. Yeah, yeah, in her own country. What a, what a dickhead thing to think. What an absolute moron. Like, yeah. Oh, but what, do you know what I do remember about that is, number one, we had to be careful with our funds because we could have, like, it was it was surprisingly expensive to what we were used to. Yes, it was, yeah. And do you remember that really cool place we had dinner where I had that pizza? Um, and it was actually, to keep the place warm, they let you, essentially they would serve you outside, but they put you around that massive fire. Fire, And yeah. it was an open thing. That yeah. was really cool. That's that a cool was restaurant, that, yeah really cool something else i remember about um that city uh, thing is uh the dog rule do you remember the dog rule um no like they got a rule in that town where if a dog if you wake up in the morning a dog has decided to sit on your doorstep it's your responsibility to look after it i There's thought that of, was a lot of dogs in that city though a lot of dogs in that city yeah but i thought that was really cool and really sweet of them really cool yeah um and also, obviously, we've got to talk about the Moon Valley trek. Not trek, um, bike ride. Um, mate. Mate, if I, if I was to think you are stupid, James, it's this point where I didn't take any water. I think you might have took one bottle. We're such morons. Morons, mate. We're sitting there planning this trip to cycle into the middle of a desert and just hoping they've got water there. Just hoping. Well, not, none of us, like, not at any point in that situation did we understand what could possibly happen. Like, oh, for anyone, so for anyone that is not aware, etc. Um, what's what's the what's the desert called, James? Moon Valley. Moon Valley. So, Moon Valley is this amazing place where it's pretty much like Mars and all the moon, which is why it's named in such ways. So you can cycle in there, and it's almost. I've never seen anything like it. It's literally, it, it's beautiful, but at the same time, it's quite eerie. Um, but mm. if you're out 200 there, years yeah all that sort of stuff yeah. if you're out there there's no saving you no one's saving you if you're out there yeah. there's no there's no there's no emergency services there's nothing there's just so me but me and James didn't know that nor did we care so we were like right we're gonna go, we're gonna go hire some bikes and cycle into this place which is fine except for James my charger's just being funny you will just continue the story yeah, so um, we biked into this place, dumped our bikes, went and sort of like a little hike in between the rocks. And then it sort of got to the point where we'd done a, like a viewpoint, saw everything around, like in, in these little cracks in these like rocks and stuff. And it's like like the wave rocks you see um, in the US. And then we kind of realised that we're a bit hungry and we're also a bit thirsty. And because of the wind, it traps your lips and your lips come really dry. And we're like, wow, it's about 45 minutes, 60 minute ride back. But we had no choice. So we, we didn't because um, we went into the um like the hub center, didn't we? And we we're yeah. like, aqua, aqua. Yeah. And it was like, nah, boss, we ain't got in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're like, oh shit, we've got to go back. And that was the hardest bike ride I've had from leaving there 
to the town to the point where we just about got there. I was like speeding along because I had to get some water inside me. And do you remember like the two things I remember from that bike ride is the cramp that we had to face because we were both getting cramped because we were so dehydrated. Yeah. And me being like, and I'm sure you went through the same sort of thought process where like my lips are actually stuck together. This this is me. Like this doesn't. (laughs) This doesn't happen. This isn't real. And I'm cycling and I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're powering ahead, which is like one of the things that only kept me going was like, if I can keep up with James and we'll make it, it's fine. You're powering ahead. But when my lips, mate, I just couldn't believe my lips were getting shut. But one of the most glorious things, James, when we got back, mate, <laughs> sat down, you turn up a can of nice cold coke. <laughs> nice cold coke. Oh, that's exactly what the body needed. What it needed, but in classic James fashion, no, nah, it's not water, is it? It's Coke. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I drank any water. I had two cans of Coke. But I rushed oh, off. We dumped our bikes. I think we just threw our bikes on the floor. I ran into the shop, bought some Coke. <laughs> oh, and we just sat there on the edge of town, just like, what the hell we just done? Oh, oh God. Mate. But what but, it was, um, it was insanely beautiful, though. Like, it was worth it. Like, I, it seems... <laughs> like it's one of those things where for me it was it was worth risking that because i don't think there's anywhere else you you'll find something like that no it's such a it's a weird unique experience i i can't even describe it that well um no it's just i, I just seen what mars looks like just dry yeah, really is. desolate really is. like you say no one's there to, to help you out you're on your own you're at nature's mercy really you really uh, are 100 but i would recommend it um 100 um, oh, without doubt, I'd recommend that town. Um, I'd recommend, and I'd recommend going into Moon Valley without a doubt. I mean, because even one of the cool things was we'd, we'd sit in the middle of the town, have some of those pastries, and you'd see the Andes in the background. Oh, it's a dream, mate! Absolutely dream. I'd, I'd love to go back and kind of get a second look at it. Um, but next time, I'm staying somewhere that has heating because <laughs> those nights were fucking cold. Yeah. Um, after that, we I think we separated a little bit because I went on the yeah tour for the salt flats to get across the border and you were on that tour i can't remember why was it something to do with your chinese army no no so to 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 make it aware essentially to be aware james had planned his a lot better than me so where (laughs) james was saving in australia and stuff like that i was like boys let's booze so (laughs) i i'd i'd come into this i'd come into this experience with a lot less a lot less money than james but also like not planning correctly to do with with my money so i had a like james said i had a chinese bank account which normally nine times out of ten is not a problem but this place in chile wouldn't take it so i was limited to the cash i'd got out before mm-hmm. so you went to salt lakes and i was like i'll come see you in a la paz i think each other in la paz yeah and... so that, that was the next and last stop wasn't it that's where i saw you yeah. um i had a night out with you, Scott, and Keith, which I'll probably elaborate more on with, with Scott at another time. And um, there's a bit more to night out. But yeah, that night out started with us at your hostel at Wild Rover, right? Um, do you, yeah. Well, do, do I mean, I'll tell the, I'll tell the, uh, is that it story if you want? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you crack on. <laughs> so, so James went to the Salt Lakes and I, had to go from Chile to La Paz and I got there about a day early so I had nothing to do but I was loving life at this point and I had ended up in this hostel with some cool people um can't remember the name but two Americans um 
one Kiwi and maybe another Latvian, I want to say. Oh, wow. But there's a real weird vibe going on. So we all go out together. I'm like, this is cool. This is fun. I'm having a great time. These people are great. Bolivia's great. Let's all have a laugh. So we go out. And um, we then come back. And I think this is... I want to say this is what happened in La Pau. It might have been another time, but I'm going to tell the story anyway, and I think that's what it was. But we all go out, and the weird thing is happening is you've got this couple, and there's all of a sudden there's dramas, because let's call him Dave. Dave and the couple has decided that he wants to try being gay, and he wants oh. to see what it's like. He wants to see what it's like with the laughing guy. So there's dramas there. But while this is all going on, it's me and Kate, the Kiwi girl, and we're at the bar, and I'm, I'm saying to her, like, this is insane. But she keeps flirting with me. And I'm like, oh, I'm not mad about that at all. But the booze keeps flowing. The beer keeps flowing and flowing and flowing. And I just stop giving any fucks whatsoever. And I continue to be careless and careless. And eventually, me and Kate end up going back to hostel together. And then there are certain relations. Now, whereas a relation may last 30 minutes in an average scenario, in this scenario where I, I decided I didn't care, I was just looking out for Lewis. This certain relation lasted two minutes at a maximum. <laughs> and it's to the point where, where, where we shook hands, the relationship's done there. I, I, I sit down and she's like, and she says like in, in a Kiwi accent, which I can't do, she says like, is that it? <laughs> I just roll over to her and <laughs> wasted out of my face, happy as Larry. I just say, it is what it is. <laughs> and then roll back over. And it is one of the worst experiences, but best solo experiences I've ever had. Because how else are you going to create a story like that? Is that it? <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> it is what um, it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do recall that story now. You must have told me on the travels after I met you, because I met you the day after. Yeah, because um, I remember, yeah, you stayed at Wild Rover. I stayed, I stayed at Loki, Loki Hostel. I don't know why I booked a different one, really. But um, they're both party uh, hostels. Was pretty popular, so I think it was actually quite hard to get in. Quite. Yes, possibly, yeah. They're both party hostels. They're both quite, very popular for backpackers. And I remember yeah. on, on our first night out catching up, because I haven't seen you for obviously a few days, whatever, that we started night out with booze. Um, and I'll continue the rest of the night out another time. But at the yeah. at the hostel, and I remember you, I think you bailed a little bit earlier. It was like, yeah, I had a big night last night. I'm going to get have a few beers. Well, yeah, and then, no, I, and that's yeah, it. yeah. I bailed because the, the night was just going where things were. I just wasn't able to keep up. Like, yes. You, to be fair to you and Scott, you boys were having a great time. And I was like, oh, these boys are out doing me here. I can't keep up. I'm going back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, that happened. And then that's great to see you again. And then, then we... And La Paz booked in for the Death Road tour. Now, there's obviously going to be a story here that I'm going to ask you about because it has it has to be talked about. So, we booked with Altitude Biking, which basically they give you a suit and a bike, turn up, they take you from I think by a minivan up to the top of Death Road. You do a little trial guess on the bike, a bit of flat, yeah, guess, bit of flat riding, guess. and then you come to the top, get your photo, and basically go down Death Road. So. Um, Death Road's cool, it's pretty high up. It's a road it's not used anymore. It's on Top Gear, if you know the episode where they try and get two cars past each other on a on a road by a cliff. And a lot of people used to die on that road because it's just not big enough. But um now it's more of a tourist attraction because they've built an alternative road. But for us, it's just basically biking downhill. Um Well, I mean, I think what's important to notice is where a lot of people die because of the drop-off as well, right? Yeah, it's, it's a heck of a heck of a fall. 
yeah. um, which I'm sure you'll explain a bit down the line. But <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is the story it is in my mind. I don't know if I got it right, so I'm gonna let you talk about it. But all I remember is we're biking down. There's, there's basically <laughs> there's, there's three groups. There's, there's a group, the, the geeks at the front who are like bikers and trying to race down as fast as they could. There's a bit in the middle where I was like in that group where we're getting a move on, but seeing the size, taking photos. And there's a group at the back. But I remember getting to the first checkpoint where we all had to stop. And there's this rumor going around that there's been an accident or something's happened, but no one knows what's going on. And I just see you gingerly approach the group <laughs> and this other guy was not happy. So yeah, talk us through what happened here. Well, just to be clear, the other guy that wasn't happy was not the guy that was in the incident. It was this Dutch guy. And he was kind of really mad that there was an incident. But what he didn't understand is that it was an unavoidable incident because the bikes on my the, the brakes on my bike didn't fucking work. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what <laughs> he expected me to do about it. Like he was all mad at like looking at me like I was some sort of amateur. It's like, mate, what do you want me to do about that situation? Yeah. But anyway, we get the bikes, and like James says, they give you like a little trial. But what that trial is, is them saying, here's the brakes, this is a bike. It's not like <laughs> All these bikes work safely. Nothing's safe about this because we were stuck. Like, I should have seen the alarm signs at first, but we were put in like little bread vans, these tiny vans with the bikes on top mm-hmm. with people that couldn't really speak English and no one knew what was going on. They were like, right, get in the van, get going. Fair yeah. enough. We turn up, they hand out the bikes. And it wasn't, I wasn't massively aware of it at first because you don't start on the decline. So I was going ahead and things were going all right. And then, like, I, I'm putting a lot of effort on these brakes, and they're not really working. <laughs> so it gets to the point where, like, but but we're committed now because, like you said, James, there's people at the front going miles away. But what they didn't, what 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 is important to know as well, those people at the front are also the instructors. So there's an instructor at the front, and there's one at the back. And I'm mm. kind of in the middle. I lose James about halfway through because I'm really panicking that my brakes aren't working. But I also don't know how to explain to someone, hey, my brakes aren't because I don't want them to be like, no, you moron, they're fine, you're being a pussy. So I've got that going on. And then it's like, right, okay, then. So we go more of an incline. We get to like the next bit, and the inclines really start coming, So or declines. We're really starting to decline. And there's a nice guy in front of me, fair play to him. He took this like a champ, because we're going down this hill, <laughs> about to go around a corner, and I have... And that's it. I've, I've realised what's going on. Because he's breaking, I'm breaking, he's stopping, I'm not stopping. I'm not stopping. The feet go down and it's, it was a bit crazy because the feet go down, I ram into him, but then I come off the bike and the bike goes, goes and my feet swing round off the edge. And you're looking at like a 30 foot drop off this mountain as my legs swing round and the bike swings round. And luckily, like I did a full circle round it. So I ended up back on the thing, but it was fucking insane. And all I remember is like James said, getting into the thing, super embarrassed because I'm the guy that's crashed, but no one really wanted to listen to me that the bike is broken. (laughs) And guys are like, oh, we'll get you a new bike. And I was like, yeah, can the brakes work? And that was, and that was it. But it was one of the craziest things because it, I don't know if I've described it very well, but it literally was a near-death experience because if my legs don't swing around properly there, I'm off that cliff. Yeah, and also, did you... Is it right you, you, you realised this and had to make a choice because yeah. you also realised you couldn't stop and is that why you crashed into the geezer in front because it's a way of maybe... Like, yeah, so my, my, my thought was, like, I either go round this guy 
Or, because even if I go around him, I'm still in trouble. Or I hit him, we both come off, but we're both safe at least. That yeah. was my plan. Now, looking bad at it, that's terrible logic. That is definitely <laughs> not, that is definitely not how it worked out. But in that situation, it was like, right, feet aren't working. So I've got my feet down, brakes aren't working. If I hit him, at least I'll stop and we'll be okay. Like yeah. that was my thought. Yeah. And luckily we were. And to be fair to the guy, he took it like a champ. He was kind. I was like, sorry, mate, I'm so sorry. And he was like, nah, it's absolutely right. It's fine. Because he was English as well. And he's like, it's absolutely fine, mate. Don't worry. It's absolutely oh, yeah. fine. That's, that's good. Like, he took it like a champ. All respect to that guy. Because if it was me, I'd be like, what are you doing? Are you he, trying to murder me? Did he fall quite bad as well then, the guy that you crashed into? Did he have a like a... Oh, he fell worse than me. Like, oh, right. as, much as, as much as I fell off and, and, and almost went off the cliff, he took heavy to the stones. So his legs were covered in blood. He took uh, a lot of legs. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it broke the bike. I mean, and that's, that's really what should be explained there is we were going so quick that the wheel dented when they hit each other. And just, just, just don't give out broken bikes. (laughs) Just fix the brakes, guys. Come on. Classic Bolivia, that I think. Just just get on with it. Classic Bolivia. Yeah. So I remember we carried on, but yeah, there's a a weird vibe that something's happened here and you obviously don't want to talk about it, which is fair enough. You're like, yeah, let's just just crack on with the rest of the trip. Well, it's um, not that I didn't want to talk about it, mate. It's more like what else is there to say? Do you know what yeah, I mean? yeah. It was yeah. more. It was more. I still remember to this point that Dutch guy pissing me off. Like I really found it annoying that like there's this guy giving me shit, judging me for my brakes not working. Yeah. Well, why didn't you understand that? What was his problem? Like, right? He... What? What? What's your problem with that? <laughs> yeah. like, if it's the guy, was... like you say, you crash into. Fair enough. Yeah. But yeah. this guy's got nothing yeah. to do with it, I guess. And there was him and there was um, an Aussie as well. Like this Aussie we met, long-haired Aussie. And um, he was he was a lad about it. Absolutely loud about it. Absolutely yeah. fine. But all of a sudden, the Dutch guy that he's travelling with is just, a, is, is just a moron. And that's that's what it was, man. That's what put me in a bad mood. There's a lot of... Um, I wouldn't say bad mood. But that's why I wasn't very communicative. Was, you know, there's a bit of embarrassment, but also yeah. just trying to control, not cause a scene with this guy, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think... Um... Yeah, but I think we're glad to get down the end, uh, have that buffet at the end, and just kind of take that one off. I think after that, um, it was a good trip. Though. It was, it was, um, it was actually a beautiful ride. I will say that. Like the views were amazing. Yeah, great views. Would recommend it. Um, as I think it's doing La Paz. Um, but yeah, after that we, uh, we must have went to the Cusco after that, right? Uh, yeah, we went to Cusco. Um, yeah. So this is like another great trip that we had planned. So got a few questions about this trip so we the Paz de Cusco I think had a bus another long bus I love Cusco the the, the, the vibe of the place was great we went into the Mate. tour place where the tour was booked um got our like kit I guess and our like I don't know passes and stuff and we were told to meet the group at a hotel quite fancy with a drink um but the vibe of Cusco was great checked in met the group and Straight away, I had a good feeling about the group. The group seemed pretty cool. It was a mix of uh, people younger, people older, family, um, and or travellers as well. So what do, you, like, what do you think of that? Like, when we first met them, that's quite cool. I thought it was really cool. I thought Cusco is an amazing city, like, or town, yes. where, whichever one it counts as. I thought that that place, the energy, like, yeah, just 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 everything. Like, like you said, the vibe. The vibe in that place is perfect. Absolutely perfect. I remember... Um, I remember a few things. I remember guinea pig being on the menu. Yeah, um, classic. Yeah, yeah. 
I remember the awkward situation where I look back now on, I realized where I messed up, where a card machine ate my card. Oh. And I just I was absolutely screwed. Um yeah. but I think that was I think that was post trip, so that's fine. That's but, after, um, yeah. Yeah. But that place, that that there's just something about the energy in that place where everyone's just a little more chilled out. Everyone's just just taking life a little bit slower, but not in like a boring way, not in a way where they can't get things done. Just like in it's it's very much a type of place where no one's got any problems. Yeah, it's on the hit list for my um, place to stay for four or six weeks. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll obviously show Emma. We'll decide on the trip if we go to places that we like. I will stay here, but it's definitely on my list where I think she'll love it. Um, whether she'll do the, the the hike is a different matter. I don't I don't know if I can do it a second time. I'm still weighing that up. But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we meet our group and we yeah, we, we had like 12, 13 people in the group. Um, shout out to all these guys they, they were great got lovely interesting people yeah. absolutely lovely interesting people nothing there was nothing bad about any person on that trip whatsoever no, it's unbelievable vibe like the, the whole group was really supportive trying to get people through it um but on the first day we got a photo at the bottom as a group and then we got our individual yeah. photos but we kind of teamed up with blake because he was on traveling on his own um he was a cool guy from the u.s Oh, shout um, out to Blake. Shout he's an absolute lad, isn't he? Mountain goat as well. He got a move on. Absolute lad. Oh, absolute lad. And That's he, what um, I like about Blake. He came prepared for that trip. He knew yeah. what was coming. He, he was a exactly like us. Was coming. <laughs> I knew from the meetup in, in Cusco that day two was going to be tough. So day one, after 30 minutes, I was fucked. I was like, great. This is not a great mate, start. Mate, I didn't respect it at all. No. <laughs> I did not respect it at all. When no they respect. were going, day two is going to be hard. I'm sitting there thinking, nah, boys, it's just walking. What's, <laughs> yeah. what's it matter? You just walk up a few steps. What's wrong with that? Yeah. Bloody hell. Um, do you remember seeing those guys coming back down um, on the first yeah. day? And I said to the guide, I think it's Luigi and Eric, I think their names were. Yeah, said, that's oh, it. Yeah. What's that about? And he's like, yeah, these are the people that decided... Either they're injured or they can't do it. I was like, so what happens? Goes well. One comes on a on a yak or a donkey with them, and yeah. then the other, one the other guy stays with the group. And I can't, I, the way he described it was almost like, "Don't be that guy." It so, was, yeah. It like, was. Don't, yeah. don't be shameful yeah. and quit. So, okay, it was. There was um, that's what Eric and Luigi were good about. They 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 they, they were definitely like, you can do this. If you pussy out, we will be disappointed. Yeah. Like, there was definitely a vibe there. Because that's what was incredible about those guys was they were just incredibly average but macho. Because yes, what, where we were struggling, they they could run that. They could do that in a day. And it took us five. Yeah. And also that the porters that helped bring the stuff up, they didn't have flip-flops. So these are like oh. local catch ones who sort of like build your tent, build your big food tent, cook your food, all that sort of stuff. They're just in, in these shitty flip-flops racing up the hill. Racing up there, mate. It's the, like it was nothing. Like it was absolutely nothing. Like fair play to them. Their cardiovascular and their muscle dexterity is super impressive. Super yeah. impressive. And I quickly realised, say, like you said, we didn't respect it. And I think after the first <laughs> day, I definitely respected the, the trip. <laughs> <laughs> all i could think after that first day and i felt it for the next four days was i've really brought the wrong shoes <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's all i could think mate so I, I mean, i've brought these cheap nike fake trainers yeah and i same. am not prepared for this at all i bought adidas running trainers as my hiking oh, shoes 
And um, I put a post that the other day on Instagram about my things I've learned on the hike. And one of the tips was buy some hiking shoes. Don't be afraid to spend <laughs> some money. And my mate was like, mate, you don't even fucking own any. You've done all yours in espadrilles <laughs> and running trainers. <laughs> and I looked in the photos that I put in the post. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm in espadrilles there in Thailand. And then running trainers in Inca Trail. I'm like, how can I say something I don't do? Um, Maybe laugh, but now I do have hiking trainers. I've got Solomon, but um, at the time, yeah, I've, I've I've got a pair of hiking trainers as well, mate. It's it's that when I when I went to do these hikes the other week, that's the first thing I thought was I need the right footwear. Yeah, and then I've learned a lesson that I got through it. Um, couple of questions, right? Day two was fucking tough. I, I can't explain to mate. people how tough this day was. I would say so six let's, hours let's uphill. Let's go through and talk about what day two actually is. So for Anyone interested, when me and James did Machu Picchu, we didn't drive up this stuff. We hiked it over a five-day hike. So it's is it four days up Hamo, one day down? Uh, yeah, I think the first two days are completely up. And then you start, after Machu Picchu, you start like kind of going down. But yeah, right. I guess. Okay. Um, I've actually put a picture up of the route on Instagram. I think it was like two, two days pretty much up. End of day two is slightly <sighs> bit down. And then you start going up and down again. So the, the, the route? is is not what i guess we're lucky for in 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 more of a western society where you'd have paved guided areas mm. on day one you start walking and you realize you're just walking up a mountain there's no path here it's just these guys know the way to go so there's no <laughs> nice there's no flat floor there's no nice ground there's nothing to hold on to it's you your sticks and 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 what essentially is is it the amazon is it, what, what's that is it the amazon uh the andes the Andes, it's the Andes, the Andes, sorry. Could be wrong there. So it's um, you versus the Andes. And you're walking up on day one, and like Hamlet says, 30, 30 minutes to an hour in, because you can't go at your own pace, you have to go at the pace of the group, which is controlled by the guides, you're fucked. An hour in, you are well and truly like, boys, I'm thinking about quitting. <laughs> like, it's only, it's only an hour back, I'll take the bus. <laughs> not mad about that at all. So you get an hour in, but by the first, but then you start to get to talking to one another. You get for the first day, you know, the guides are like, look, we're having an amazing barbecue tonight. We're going to eat some nice food. You're not going to believe what's going to happen. And you get through it. And the, the whole nighttime setup is worth talking about as well at that point. But day two, day two, you get to a certain point. And I reckon it's only what? 200 meters, how many? 300 meters? What do you reckon? Yeah, I don't know, actually, to be fair. Um, it's incredibly short, isn't it? That 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 walk bit is incredibly short. The steps is a t- actually a tiny walk, isn't it? Well, you do six hours up on day two in the morning yeah. um, to get to Dead Woman's Pass, which is the highest point of the trek because it just, you have to go over the mountain and then back down again to Machu Picchu. Yeah. Um, but that six hours isn't actually climbing the hard bit, is it? A lot of those is not actually doing the hard bit. The hard bit is was those steps yeah the steps are just relentless right i can't You've got explain 200 meters of what are probably half a foot high steps but they felt like a house every time mate. <laughs> yeah. every time like nature steps like you, you can't oh. you're not just stepping up you're concentrating on trying to pick the right rock that's level with that level that's step. exactly what it is exactly oh, what it's it is. just relentless like i've never in 
I've never had a stranger move me or feel like emotional. But when we got to the top there, yeah. and that old Belgian guy that was with us got to the top, he was the last person, and his daughters were cheering him on, and he was getting there, and it was like, come on, buddy, you can do it. And he got to the top and hugged his daughters. I almost cried, because that, yeah, was, that an was an incredible moment. I think I was almost in tears, because I, I was one of the slowest as well, because I can't do uphill that well. But um, I was maybe a third or fourth slowest and I was getting up and all, the, all you guys were waiting up there and it's like egging everyone on everyone's like high-fiving you hugging you and like yeah. you just want to sit down oh, and I was man. like I was sitting down with my coke as per usual and um <laughs> reflecting on that and I thought bloody hell that was tough <laughs> but it's a bit emotional because like it's a bit of an achievement um, it really is like to explain it to listeners and people the problem when you get to that high altitude is and basic you know uh, high school science will explain this the air thins it's harder for you to process and get what you need from the air but the problem is is what you don't understand is that everything becomes hard muscular so everything that you want to do if you want to take a step it now takes the energy of 10 steps to do it so or or 10 paces to do it so if you want to walk one pace well now you're talking to 10 so now climbing 200 meters is now looking at climbing 2000 meters and it's becoming really fucking hard to the point where I reckon, Hamo, that took me an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah, because it's weird. You, you can see everyone ahead of you. You, um, can. you can see the route up. You see people just climbing up these rocks or these stones, yeah. trying to get to that point. And it's actually not, doesn't help you because you're like, oh, fuck, it's all right up there. And it's just <laughs> relentless steps, keep going one in front of the other. Like you're trying to weave left and right because you want to try and minimize. Yeah. The step, like in terms of what you're exactly taking, because yeah. oh, you're not supposed to take two steps. The worst thing, the worst thing that happens mm. is you're getting through there and you realize you stepped the wrong way and yeah. now you're halfway up. Like, yeah. oh, mate, mate. And like, there's plenty of times where I sat down because it was hard. It was hard, hard. yeah. It's, all, it's also the day where the, the guides went, Do you know what? This is not a, the day we're going to stay as a group. You just go at your own pace because yeah. this is tough. So you just go as fast or slow as you want and we'll see you at the top yeah. there. Um, but yeah, I was so relieved to make it. And then I think we had two hours downhill after that, and I was fine down there. I was running down there. But um, downhill was sweet. But getting up there, getting up there, I've, ne- I've never experienced anything like it again. I don't know about you, but I've never experienced anything like that again. No, it's still etched in my memory. It's probably the hardest hike I've done. A few like Mount Kinabalu yeah. was tough, but the relentless steps that was tough, and the altitude. I think it's the highest I've been. Um, I've done the single leader in India, which is almost as high as that, but it didn't feel as tough. It's just tough. Um, okay weather-wise it's snow and rain but um yeah that was hard and then Mate. it kind of bonded us that bond, as a group it bonded us that day um we all realized that the achievement i think having a few beers at the camp and dinner yeah. after that was it was a good good atmosphere everyone's having a laugh we got um, really close to that um australian couple didn't we yeah i got a question about that <laughs> so it was a uh, they're called angela and maxi I had a weird, weird vibe going on with Angela. I don't hey, know what it was. You had the weirdest vibe. I was weird. I really had a crush on her. I think, like hey, she was this blonde Australian girl, well. very pretty. Obviously, they were with her husband to be or a boyfriend at the time, but I just could not stop being around her. It was really weird. <laughs> you must, have, you must have witnessed that. Yeah, it was like it was odd because you did have a crush, <laughs> but like it wasn't in like a in a rude way it was almost like it was sweet do you know what I mean yeah like because everything was off there wasn't a chance for anything no, and no. Max bless him Max 
If you ever want to meet someone that doesn't give a fuck about anything in the world, it's that guy. <laughs> He's yeah. the most relaxed guy I've ever met in my life. He's basically so watching this there. English guy just like hitting on his girlfriend, like <laughs> trying to like be with her all the time. Like, Wait, the the weird, that was the weird part, James. That was the weird part. We went on this trip together and about by day by day three all you want to do was be next to Angie <laughs> all you wanted to do we'd get up in the morning you'd go find her and you'd spend the rest of the hike with her and it was just me and Max trying to get on <laughs> I, I, I honestly can't explain it and also there's a few times I, I don't know if you recall like we're in a tent the, the communal tent at the end of the day yeah. or at the start of the day they'd be like me and her just like banging off each other but only us two laughing and no one else is really either involved or even understanding what was going on. Yeah. It was Mate, you really... had your own little honeymoon. It was really weird. <laughs> <laughs> it was really weird. Because because what was weird, James, was like there was nothing wrong with it. Like it wasn't like a situation yeah. now where it'd be like, you know, number one, you're hitting on someone's girl and number two, you're making everyone else third wheel. It was just like, <laughs> okay, they're getting on and that's sweet. What is everyone else doing? It was really it was it was weird, but accepted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think you sound up well there. It, it was yeah, it was weird and accepted. I I think we actually met up with them after the trek um, for a drink, but um, yeah, during the during the hike, yeah, we done. Yeah, I was with her as much as I could be, but being too too weird about it. Um, yeah, and then we got to Machu Picchu on day four, I think. Yeah, um, and we queued up in the morning to get through the gates. So if you do the hike, you get first dibs really before the day trip has come. Yeah, um, and we're queuing up. It was great to get that four days hiking under our belts, and it was kind of. Do you remember um, before? Do you remember before we queued? They gave us like a little, a little extra. They took us to a spot and let us watch the sunrise come over it. Yeah, that was pretty special. Yeah, was that? That was up there. I think for me, I think there was a few times where we saw as a group as well. Got a group photo, like all of us, like arms on yeah. each other and stuff like that um, as well. But yeah, that was pretty special. Um, it all, it just felt like an achievement more than anything else. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's i don't know like like you know i can imagine that's the same sort of feeling when a team wins the fa cup like it's <laughs> yeah. that sort of thing yeah. like, that sort of thing and then we had a great day for the photos because it's clear sunny day so we got a group as a photo in front of machu picchu and then we got to like sort of bumble around the ruins and get our own photos and still um, some of my favorite photos mate those photos yes oh. it's just sublime i couldn't get my photo of angela unfortunately because i've been a bit weird um <laughs> <laughs> well um, yeah because obviously when we arrived there almost, the, the, i don't know the boyhood crush was accepted you'd been friend zoned <laughs> but then you got you got obsessed with um the llamas <laughs> yeah I got so all you llama, wanted yeah. to do all you wanted to do was get photos with llamas and yeah so that's probably why probably why she had enough <laughs> <laughs> see see what altitude does to me it makes it go weird i'm obsessed <laughs> with an australian girl who's got a boyfriend and i'm obsessed with llamas um <laughs> But yeah, I fed one on Oreo. He walked past me. I got a selfie with him. It's my favourite photo of all time. It pretty much goes on anything I write about or post about. Um, and then what was magical about that, we had a day there. We saw the sites. Unbelievable place. You've got to go and see Machu Picchu. It's just unbelievable. Okay. Then we got a bus down to the town, to Aguas Calientes, I think it's called. Yeah. Um, and I had a buffet um, as a group. And we gave the guys the guide some tips. And then we got that train back to Cusco, and that was just like, oh, that was cool. That was really cool. That train feet up. It goes really slow oh. through the mountains, but just got to reflect on the whole trip there. That was awesome. 
Ah, do you know what? One thing I can't remember. You know, you had a little crush. I kind of had a little crush too, but I just didn't. Oh yeah. Act on it as much as you did, but it was <laughs> it was the um. Do you remember? So there was a Belgian family. There was yeah. a guy who was in his sixties or something. Yeah, doctor. And he was yeah. a legend. Then there was the the son who was just. And this was not my crush, but he was incredibly good looking. Like, yeah, he was a good looking chap. Yeah. For a man. He was. Like, yeah. He should have been on TV. And yeah. then there was like the young, the, the, the like the 21 year old, 22 year old, arty farty um, daughter sister. who had a boyfriend. Yeah. Sister, yeah. sorry, sister slash daughter because the old man, but yeah. who um, had like a boyfriend in um, in Germany or something. Yeah. And all, something I could like think, all I could think was, you're cute. And if your boyfriend's in Germany, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> So I tried to, on that train trip, I tried to get as much conversation with her as I could, but she yeah. just wasn't having it. Wasn't she, having it. She's obviously clearly the, I'm not going to say naughty, but the one who, so I think that the dad was a doctor and I think the son who was good looking was also a trainee doctor from what I recall. Correct, yeah. yeah. But she was not having any of that. She was a traveling art student, just being yeah. a bit out there. Um, I weirdly had some Insta, Instagram messaging with her last year, late last year, because <laughs> she put a post up for, in, for Inca Trail, like, ah, uh, is anyone like looking at this? Like, remember what, what trip that was like? And I thought, oh, do you know what? I'll put a message in there. Yeah. I had a chat for about, I don't know, 10 minutes about that trip and how good it was and how we learned from the experience. Um, and I, I was um, like, yeah, that's it. I, I talked to, what's his name now and again, Scott, the guy that works for um, work for Sony yeah, or whatever it was. He's in San Fran, isn't he? I think. Yeah. 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 He's, he's, he's pretty cool. And that's, I guess that's a cool thing from it right like yeah i could talk to any of those guys even though i haven't seen them in what seven odd years but i could yeah. happily talk to them. i generally think if we as a group we could get together and have like a good old catch-up yeah. session no yeah. problems no i agree i agree like yeah the irish couple got married didn't they they were they were quite cool yeah i think they're still in ireland now i think they're in dublin right but um they're a cool they're a great couple as well they're good to hang around with yeah, like I said, the Belgian family. Then Scott and his girlfriend Lisa was on the trip. I think they're, I don't know, engaged or married at the time. Maybe honeymoon. Can't remember. Yeah. Blake, who was on his own, so that was a good shout out to Blake. What yeah, a what a lad. Um, yeah, that was it, wasn't it, for the group? And then with the guys, obviously. So, um, uh, one of my favorite experiences ever traveling that that whole four or five days. Obviously, Angela and Maxie as well before missing anyone yeah. out. But um, yeah, then we. Just left that and went to Lima. Not really great Lima, I don't think. We met up with Angela and Maxi for a drink. Basically, me <laughs> meeting up Angela because I want to see her again. <laughs> I had to sit there and talk tennis with Mac. And like, I can't stand tennis. I can't stand it at all. And we come to this place. All you wanted to do was talk to Angie. And I'm sitting here trying to talk about a sport I do not care for with a guy that, well, and fair play to him, doesn't care for me at all <laughs> yeah. whatsoever. You're basically like, just just letting me speak to Andrew. That's basically what, you're doing that exactly what we were doing. <laughs> we were pretty much like guardians with you two on a date. That's pretty much what it was. <laughs> and then yeah, we had a drink. I think I emailed Angela a few times after that, uh, <laughs> but I've not seen her since. I'm not really spent her for about five years. No, um, no. But there we go. That's just what happens, right? Yeah. And then after that, we flew to Trinidad. Um, this is where our trip ended. Um, yeah, we had this weird experience in Trinidad the last night we had, and just kind of reflect on the trip where that TV guy interviewed us. Remember that? Do you remember walking to the Chinese restaurant and then there's this guy in the street with a camera? I think it's on oh, Trinidad course, yeah. TV. <laughs> yeah. And um, Cause, yeah, because as well, like 
I, I still often sit back there, right? And I think, why did we go to a place like the Caribbean and get Chinese? <laughs> why did we do that? I, I, I still couldn't tell you to this day why we did that. Um, I've got no explanations to that, I'm afraid, mate. Not um, But that was really strange because I think it went out live. I think he asked us a few questions. Yeah. Um, it's a bit, bit weird experience, really. But um, it was. That, it was a weird experience. Had um, some dinner, and that was it. When that was the end of our sort of trip there, and you obviously do you remember us? Um, well, do you remember us freaking about freaking out about coconut crabs? <laughs> uh, no, I don't yeah. remember that. Oh mate, I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if you got part of the freak, but I was freaked out because I had no idea what a coconut crab was until like someone mentioned it. it might have been you who mentioned it to us and i started looking up what coconut crabs are and right. i was like oh, i don't know if i can fall asleep in this country <laughs> <laughs> the last thing i want is a coconut crab to come get me like those things are freakishly large and alien like and it was just a lot to take in mate a lot to take in because <laughs> it's hot no one's got air con it's humid what people don't understand is like um the way Western TV portrays Caribbean accents is not the way a Caribbean accent is. <laughs> yeah. They're actually really hard to understand because as much as they do speak Creole French and you know they yeah. speak English, they're actually speaking with a really strong accent. So I, I couldn't really speak to anybody. And then, luckily, my because of how the times worked, I thought I was flying at one in the lunchtime the next day. But I was actually flying at one that night. I remember just yes. both of us sitting in that really hot room right. and me being like, mate, I think I've got to leave in a couple of hours. <laughs> I think this is completely <laughs> wrong. But yeah, no, it was it was good. It was good. Um, I think I, I don't think um, I think some I, I think it, I don't think anything will ever compare to Machu Picchu to be honest with that five day. No, like, it's up there. That is an experience like 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 it's just completely unique on its own in every yeah. single way. We were so lucky because the the group we had, um, the relationships we built on that trek, and yeah. how hard it was. I think it's just all thrown in together. I don't think it can really be compared to much else that I've done so far. It's just one of those yeah. moments, really. Where after we got back to Cusco, I think we had a few days recovering. I was like, bloody hell, that was a, that was a heck of a trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember sitting. I remember. Yeah, I remember after that, I was sitting there just. Yeah, just not 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 a lot to say, man. Because we were both just like that's 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 really been something. I think honestly, I think after that, for us, it's just about moving on to the next thing, wasn't it? I think we it saw was. Lima. It wasn't really great. Lima's a bit grey and a bit not much going on. Um, it was flew to the Caribbean and then you off to New York and then via China. And I was kind of like um, going through. I think after I kind of felt it was weird. I felt like I've done it. I felt I'm almost ready to go back a bit after that. Because um, I, I still had another month, six weeks after that. I mean, I was in Caribbean, yeah. Canada, and US, then or New York, and then Iceland. But I kind of something changed after that trip where I felt I just reached a pinnacle there of my Agreed. year and a Agreed. half. Like I, 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 I love New York. I think New York is one of the most oh. amazing cities, and I could talk about it for hours. But Next it time. definitely wasn't the Machu Picchu. It was no. not the pinnacle. It was not. It didn't peak there. No, um, there's something about group collective activity as well. It's just a bit different to on yeah. your own. Um, yeah. But yeah, New York is I do think um, my favorite cities. What was interesting mentioning group activity was when we did that like three or four days apart, I think that was quite refreshing for both of us because we'd spent a lot of time together, man. 
lot yeah, yeah. of time together come yeah. up to that. And I think I think what's worthwhile noting to anyone listening to this thinking they're doing the same, take a little time away from each other. Yeah. <laughs> take, take a little time because you're tired when you're traveling, you're tired a lot. You're going through different time zones. You know, you're not in your you're not very comfy a lot and stuff like that. You know, there's little things like you can't get your hair cut a lot of the time. So you have to deal with that and all sorts of things. <laughs> Maybe you're humid, you're sweaty. And then sometimes you just want to be left alone, but you can't yeah. because you're with, you're with your power yeah, yeah. travel. So taking like that, that three or four days apart when you next see each other, is actually quite refreshing. Yeah. And I think to add on to that, I done a road trip to Ukraine with a couple of my friends in 2012. And Tisha was on that and me and him, I think we completed conversation because I think <laughs> we got, must have been three or four days in this long roads, like towards like Ukraine was so far away from London, but we drove there. And it just got to the point where I said something stupid. We looked at each other. Thought, oh, we're just going to sit in silence. There's no, there's no value <laughs> speaking here. Just don't need to be. Nothing needs to be spoke about. Um, Mate, people in the back more. getting pissed off of us talking about a load of shit all the time. <laughs> yeah, we just accepted that silence was needed. So it is, it is needed. I agree on a yeah. on a trip if you're not on your own. Yeah, if you're going for a few months away from each other, take a moment to just because you hear it all the time. You hear about how friends go away, they end up falling, falling, falling yeah. out, falling out with each other. That's because you're with each other too long. Go go do something for on, on your own for a bit. Yeah, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah. I highly recommend it. It's travel question time. I'm going to finish with some quickfire questions, though, mate, because yep. we're getting towards the end. Um, these are just quickfire favourite things. I don't know if you've seen these or heard these, but if not, it should be good because it might be quite um, spontaneous for you, if you like. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so... Of all your travels, what has been your favourite beach that you've been to? Ooh, that's a cracking question. I think it has to be Copacabana. Oh, I yeah. like the Impenu, but I think I think it has to be Copacabana. I think I think that I think if you took away that, if you took that beach and minus all the fans being there, that's a ten out of ten beach. Yeah, it's up there, isn't it? I think. Ah, oh, just looking. Ah, oh, we discuss it a lot, but that is just. I need to get Mate, back. it's hard to be. It's hard to be. <laughs> I need I need Rio back in my life. I think you're right about that. Um, okay. Now, now I am a coffee person. I think you are as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at the time we met in Costa, I wasn't, so this doesn't count. But what has been your favourite coffee you've experienced? Like maybe a country's coffee or. Um... So, like I wouldn't. So for me, coffee co- coffee's amazing and stuff like that, um, and I and I love it. But what a lot of what comes with coffee for me is like. When you go without it, and then you have that real nice one. Oh yeah. And in when I was in China, yeah, the coffee there is nice and stuff, but it's full of sugar, and it's just this sweet sugary water that people want. And it took me; I couldn't get like a proper coffee for ages. And then I went to this place with this girl. Um, you can't. You go up a hill, and there's a cafe on top of this hill. You can see all over Wuhan. And it was in the summer, and I was like, oh, "I'll risk the coffee. Is the coffee any good?" And she said, "Like, yeah, you know, the coffee's really nice." And it was a proper from a cafeteria ground bean coffee, mate. And mm-hmm. oh, there is nothing. I don't think there's there's just nothing better than I think what sums up is just just that pure quality coffee, mate. That was it for me. What about you? Um, I was obsessed with Tana coffee. In- okay. Vanuatu which was um completely new to me so we landed in Vanuatu and went for coffee and I could not believe the taste and I was obsessed with it yeah. for the four or five days we were there to the point where I've actually ordered it online to get it shipped across like it. It just that good like 
Um, and we, we checked out, because when you find these little islands like, I don't know, Antigua, Vanuatu, there's, there's generally one thing that does one thing. So here, yeah, yeah. like, you've got all these coffee places, but on Tanner Island or on Vanuatu, Tanner Coffee is the only coffee there. So you just yeah. go to the, the site and see it. There'll be one guy who's an electrician. You go and see him. Um, these sort of things. So, yeah, we, we checked out the, the I coffee found, there. Um, I found the same. I, I, I had a... Uh... Uh, a Thai girlfriend for a point and it, the point was quite serious so I went to visit her family in like the Thai countryside and I found the exact same thing it's that old school sort of thing of like this is what does that and that's all there is no one else needs that there's nothing else going on that that's that guy's job and that's what he does yeah 100 percent um I love that I think it's cool yeah um, I think it's cool what has been this, this I might not answer this what's your favorite city Mate, people ask this all the time, and it's always hard because it's yeah. New York or Rio. It's New yeah. York or Rio. It's those yeah, yeah. two. That's 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 the you can, throw. You can have two. You can have two. You've, you've so it, here's what it is. Here's what it is. It's New York and winter, Rio in the summer. That's what it is. God. That's what it is, mate. Mate, you live a dream if you do that. Oh. Um, I don't know if I need to ask this question. Favorite track? Yeah, yeah. You got the favorite Machu. track. You know, yeah. Machu Picchu all day. Yeah. Okay. Favorite country? Bit of a broad one. This. Favorite country? Hmm. I love Thailand. I think Thailand's amazing. Um, yeah. I love Thai culture. I love Thai people. I've got nothing but love for Thais. Um, I like Germany a lot. I've got a lot of love for Germany. You mm-hmm. know, like, there's parts of Germany that I really enjoy. A lot of love for Germany. Um, for me, mate, and this is going to be... Uh, it's hard, <laughs> That's a hell of a question. For me, yes. mate, I think... Um, I'm going to go a bit left field here and say USA because oh, yeah. I, I love everything about American culture. I would, I would give an arm and a leg to be stuck in the middle of Texas and just, just live there forever. Like that would be amazing. Yeah. And I love New, I love New York. I love American punk rock. I love American pop culture. Like the American film, like, like, yeah, I, for me, mate, favorite country, but as much as the place has its negatives, the positives of America outweigh anything for me. Love it. Yeah. Love that. I don't think many people would choose that, so that's good to have that. Um, what about your favourite party place? <laughs> favourite party place, mate, is is a place called Wuhan, which is a part of China, uh, a part of Wuhan, where there's a there, uh, it's a story for another time. But we had uh, we when I first moved to China, we had this flat, and we threw a night called Lads Night. And I've never, James, never just had such debauchery and antics and just full on. If there is a God, that night is the night he would disown me. Without a doubt, mate, without a night. Oh, what a place to party. What a place to party. Like, just, I just can't. I just can't. I just, there, there's nothing that beats a night out in China, mate. Nothing that beats uh-huh. at all. That's probably another conversation. Yeah, another time. Um, <laughs> uh, what is your favourite landmark that you've seen? Oh, that's a good question. That's a really good question. That's a really good question. I tell you, what's not there? The Great Wall. That's not there. <laughs> it's just a wall. Um, yeah. Um, what? What's What's my favourite landmark I've seen? 
Do you know what? I think it will be uh, Christ the Redeemer. Yeah. Not, not not because of everything that we had up there, but just because if you take Christ Redeemer itself, just to sit on the beach and look at it is really cool. But actually to go to the top and look at this beautiful place that is Brazil and, and the Amazon and stuff like that was actually really cool and like... Iconic. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. That's how you sum it up in one word is iconic, without a doubt. Yeah. Okay. What is your favourite cuisine, um, country's cuisine? Oh, mate. That's a tough one, mate. I tell you what, if, if, if you're listening to this podcast and you've not travelled, one of the greatest things about travelling is different cuisines. Yeah. Oh, my it's God. There, it is, is, is really up there. Um, so I'm going to throw a handful here because there's, there's no way I could choose it. So in China, they have this thing in where I, was coming for, where I, where I used to live called Wuhan, which is called Rugamian, which stands for hot dry noodles, which is noodles with a... Um, like a peanut sauce yeah uh, carrots onions and all other sorts of spices that have been boiled then dried and then put together and it is absolutely peak mate okay. there is very few things like it's one of the few things that are from china that when i know people are coming back over i ask them to bring me some because it's that good nice. um you've also one of the things i love is brazilian barbecue culture where they just barbecue you all the meats and you just love to cut off different pieces and stuff like that i absolutely love that yeah um what else is there what else cuisine wise is there what else cuisines do i enjoy um i don't mind a bit of pad thai pad thai is quite a nice little little thing to enjoy there yeah yeah Classic um like i think i think as a whole i'll just say asian cuisine okay <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Just as a whole, if it comes from Asia, I'm eating it without a doubt. <laughs> without a doubt. If you choose a country to live in, where would you choose? It would be it would be uh, either somewhere in Central Europe, so like like uh, somewhere like Germany or France, or yeah. or ideally, like if I could have it my way, it'd be the USA. Yeah, be, be, like give me give me give me a ranch in Texas. Yes, please. <laughs> That's okay. exactly it. Um, which is the best country for value for money, do you think, that you've been to? Like where your dollar goes furthest? I think you've got a lot of arguments for places like um, Czech Republic and stuff like that. Yeah. Because uh, that's a very, there's a lot of places like like Bulgaria, et cetera, which are underrated, Central European places, which are well worth traveling to because of the, the, the countryside alone is just like these, full of these beautiful vistas, which are completely worth it. Yeah. Um, you can get a long way with a very little money in Thailand if you're clever. Yes. Um, yeah. You have to be clever with it, though, and not get caught by the tourist trap. So that's that's what's important there. Um, I wouldn't recommend Hong Kong. Hong Kong is a very expensive place to go. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, so so most people would expect me to say China because of how strong the pound is to the, to the Chinese UN. But the thing is, if you don't speak Chinese and you don't have a guide, you're not going to take you're able to take advantage of it because you haven't yes. got any idea where where you know where the bargains are. So no, yeah, yeah, I get that. So I think your best if you want to go if you if you want best balance of depth travel to um, compared to cost, I think I would have to say uh, somewhere like the Philippines or Thailand. It would be those two out of it. Um, I do think. Again, you'd have to do your research and you'd be able to tell me this or not, Hamo. Uh, there's an argument for Australia there. Oh, bloody hell. Um, no. No. <laughs> no. Uh, it's fair, mate. No, it's fair. It's fair. I'm it, just interested. If you're working um, yeah. and you're living there properly, 
possibly but as a tourist no as a tourist no okay that's interesting that's good to know so Um, yeah then my 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 answer would be then somewhere um you know uh east east asia sort of you know your 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 philippines or your thailand i think it's hard to as long as you're clever with it and you don't just go like a proper to a moron tourist you know don't go down to crabby to go to a, a half moon party like yeah. you're just gonna you're gonna end up losing thousands of pounds like it's <laughs> not okay yeah that's great um got a couple more questions last two um what is your country count how much you do you know what your country count is uh, like? I, so i didn't i didn't get to do no did i no so i didn't get to do 30 before 30 which was the time but i think i'm around 27 28 cool lovely and then to finish off um you've been to a lot of countries so why if someone's thinking about going traveling but maybe have not been before what would be your reason if you sense as why they should go here's the thing there are certain things that happen when you take that 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 leap of faith you can stay in your comfort zone but you'll never truly know who you are and as pretentious as moronic as that sounds i'm not trying to write a hollywood film here but when you take that leap of faith and you put yourself in a in a situation you've never been in before why via understanding other cultures, via being, entering other cultures, via being uncomfortable, via how to accept things. You get to know who you truly are and you get to develop an ability of confidence that you previously wouldn't have, no matter how confident you think you are, no matter what situation you've been in. You also also have the ability to um, gather a perspective on what matters and what doesn't. Yeah. I, you know, there's so many times where we sit here in, in, in a western culture and we get angry about things that just don't matter like they just don't matter all that matters is freedom and when you travel that is the purest form of freedom there is when you sit there for six weeks and you say it doesn't matter about work it doesn't matter about money it doesn't matter about you know about relationships it doesn't matter about people all that matters is me going on this adventure that is the purest form of Mm-hmm. freedom there is that's why you know that's why movies exist that's why books are written and all these sorts of things you know things like the lord of the rings the hobbit those things are massively successes because they they, they depict what is a true form of freedom which is an adventure yeah and you don't get to do it a lot these days you don't get to have an adventure you go to school you go to university you get a job fuck that noise anyone can do that like yeah. anyone can do that everyone gets hyped about having kids and buying a house you can have a, you can buy a house anytime you want you can have a kid anytime you want what you can't do is have an adventure anytime you want. So for me, like, and people could be listening to this and being like, Lewis, why aren't you doing that right now? Mm. Well, I've done that. But for me, my argument is playing the smart game now. So I do nothing but work now. I work in the day and then when I come home at night, I work as well. Because for me, my plan is retire at 43, 45, and then just get back on the traveling train. That is all I want to have any interest or doing. Yeah, I don't care about getting married. I don't care about having kids. I don't really care that much about career accomplishments unless it increases my pay which means it increases how quickly I can retire that's all I really care about because all I have an interest in is returning to the true freedom which is traveling so if you sit in there and you're thinking oh like like Hammer, Hammer was going to ask about a quote and I do have a quote somewhere here that is a uh yeah a David gone, Goggins quote gone, which is completely going back to my point which yeah. is you know, David Goggins, he's this ultra runner. Everything he says is incredibly alpha, way too alpha for me. But he does have this quote, which I think is relevant to people on the edge. And that is, stop making excuses, stop being a victim, take responsibility. And that's what you have to do. You can't sit there and say, oh, I really want to travel and then spend the rest of your year working. Just fucking do it. Just just mm. take responsibility for that freedom. Take the leap of 
the faith. Take responsibility for what you want because you'll be able to take that energy that you manifested, that, that, that decision that you made at that point there. And you'll be able to, 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 to benefit those decisions all the way across from your life. So if you're sitting there right now, working a nine to five, making some decent money, but you're thinking, I really should travel, but I don't know if I should give this up. Don't worry. Like, do it. Take the, take the responsibility for it. Take what you want. Because when you come back from your traveling, you'll understand that the leap of faith always pays off. It yeah, always 100%. pays off. And you'll be able to go ahead and make those benefits for the rest of your life. And if you never do it again, at least you know what freedom was. You know, if you return to the cage, at least you know what freedom was. <laughs> that's, that's always going to be better. You'll always be able to look back on that in fond memories when times are rough that you experienced true, pure freedom. Because the thing is, at the end of the day, what are we all working for? We're working so we can retire, so we can go get that freedom. Well, why? Why wait 40 yeah. odd years? Why yeah, not yeah. go get that freedom now? I'm not, uh, I am not taking that risk that I can retire and travel because who knows you're going to be alive yeah right um I, I just can't do it it's too much of a risk for me the risk for me is staying in a nine-to-five job that's the risk yeah. because yeah. what is it it's a pay packet yeah i need it to go traveling with 100 percent. but do I, do I enjoy that whole well, culture enough, of that no mate, you've been doing it for seven years now mate and it's not hindered you once not having that nine-to-five has it so no, well, <laughs> no you've but... been i think i think you're a living example that the nine-to-five buying a house and having a kid is is not is not needed it's everyone's different and i get that people are not interested in travel i also get that i get that um, i get that i also don't believe them when they say that but i get no that. i don't understand it but some people are just not interested and it kind of goes into my quote actually from sarah Desson. she says what you have to decide is how you want your life to be if your forever was ending tomorrow would this be how you'd wanted to spend it Listen, totally the truth right. is, nothing is guaranteed, so don't be afraid, be alive. And I think she kind of sums up what we're saying there. I 100% think she does, and I get it. I get that you can't just drop everything and go tomorrow, but commit to it. Like, if, you, yeah, if, you're, if you're listening yeah. to this, yeah, if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking, like, oh, I'd love to go, you know, go to Rio and stuff like that, and just, I'd love to go travel South America like we've been talking about. It took, we, me and Ham both spent years planning it. It wasn't something we just dropped out of the hat, but what we did was make a decision that we're going to do it. And yeah. we, stuck, we, took, we took responsibility for that. We didn't invest in our work. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't you know, end up renting houses on 12-month contracts and stuff like that. We sat there and said, this is a sacrifice we're going to make. We're not going to go down that path. We're going to take responsibility for what we want, go down the other path, and then we'll literally, then, then that will happen. Then we can look back and say, if it ended tomorrow, we're fine. If you do a party episode, like a party town episode, where you just get people on and you just want them to talk about, we get together and you should talk about the party episode stuff. Like that, mate. <laughs> give, me, give me a call, mate. Give me yeah, a mate. Call. Then you are you're not, you're not you're on the hot list, mate. Don't worry about that. <laughs> All right, dude. Okay, I appreciate dude. it, man. Thank you. Thank you for listening to my Wingin' It podcast today. You can check out my website jameshammond.org for all the links to all the platforms for your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Google, and Spotify. There's a contact form on the homepage for you to get in contact with anything you want me to discuss to do with travelling. Please check out my YouTube channel, Winging It Podcast, where I release weekly content, all answers podcast, and some live reaction. Don't forget to check out my Instagram page, James Hammond Travel, where I post daily about my last 10 years of travelling. Finally, please rate the podcast. I really appreciate it if you can rate it, leave some comments, and I'd love to read them. Stay safe, happy listening. Happy reading and be inspired.